just got back okay, from me... playing tennis. I'm tired. I saw this. I'm like, no, I gotta okay. join this conversation. I gotta yeah. join this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was talking about those busy people, those alternative lifestyle people. What is going on? I'm what is it? It's something in the water. It's something them chemicals or something. <laughs> I've never seen so many sister folks in my life. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. And you know, my guy was talking. Okay, so we're watching this. Um, it's this TV series called That Woman, mm-hmm. and I'm noticing that a lot of the uh, regular television programming are, are including a lot of. Individuals will have an alternate, alternate, what is it, alternative lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I guess the thing with me is like, why am I supposed to care about your sexual habits, your sexuality? Why is that prioritized? I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I try to understand, but I don't. We're my business. I know. Programming. Programming. Hmm. It's sad. Yeah. I am Terry. It's like we don't even want each other. We still want the others. Hmm. Interracial sissy dome. It's like, I don't know. It's easy, quiet. <laughs> oh, boy. Somebody else came onto the line. Hey, ladies. Hi. 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 Is this Glam? The Glam lady? Yes. yes hey, Miss Glam. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Enjoying some beautiful weather we've been having here. Hoping it doesn't snow. <laughs> In Chi Town, it's a little iffy. <laughs> It's summer. How yeah. is it in Chicago with everything that's been going on in the news with the kids and stuff? Uh, to be quite honest, I do not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch the news. Uh, Me I did is on the if if I'm on the internet and I may get a story like I read recently about a young 24 year old police officer who was gunned down. Uh, heading into the into her house, and I'm familiar with that neighborhood because I used to live down the street, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, just I really, I'm just by three yeah, black I'm, men, three young black men. Is that what it was? Yeah, I read an article that said that. What prompted that situation was the girlfriend who wanted some money for a barbecue. So they planned on robbing somebody, and this lady just happened to be, I don't know, something strange about that. I don't know, but we got to put our foot down. Yep. I mean, we can march and protests in the streets when one of the old faiths killed one of us, but when it's one of our own, we don't do anything? No. We need to be um, punishing them. That's what we really need to be doing. 
We need to what? We need to be punishing them. That's what we oh, need to yeah. be Oh, yeah. That's what I'm like. We need some in-house vigilantism. Take care of them. Like, oh, don't mm-hmm. worry. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of those ones. We'll, we'll, we'll get them straight. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, there was this one, um, this one young man who, he was 30 years old, I think it was, 33, somewhere around there, in the early 30s. He he was just killed at Walmart last week um, over here in Fort Lauderdale, all because some man, I assume that was his girlfriend, he was beating up some girl at Walmart and um, trying to take her phone or whatever, and I guess the man went over there to try to help, and they started tussling around, and he shot him, shot him one time, and his girlfriend, who who just had a baby, ran up and, and was telling him, please, you know, begging him, you know, please, you know, do it for the baby, you know, please, and he, he didn't care. He shot him again and just until he died, and it's just like these, like these type of like gremlins, like these, these type of Velmin, that's what we call them in Creole. Uh-huh. Velmin, parasites. They they need to be dealt with, like because it's just something something has to be done in our community, and it's just like some of us, like we're we're missing so many screws that you know you you have you, someone's coming to 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 fix a situation that you started. You know, not trying to hurt you or, you know, do anything to harm you, but to help fix a situation that you started in public in front of hundreds of people. And you just decide that his life isn't worth anything, so you just decide to kill him. Like these type of people, you know, they're, they're, nothing's gonna, nothing is going to change these type of people. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that rehabilitation will help them. You know, I, I believe that they need to be dealt with. That's what I believe. Um, I concur. I concur. I mean, there are a lot of variables that lead to that, but I'm really tired. This is here's the thing. I be I've been around a lot of other ethnic groups, black, whether they're from the Caribbean or whether they're African or whether they're from whatever. And I am envious when I watch how they interact with each other. Because they interact with respect, um, and they have a culture, and they're so proud of the culture. Like Jamaicans, any Jamaican flag? Oh my goodness, they just—they're proud to be Jamaican. And I wish that we had that. I—I I don't know. I wish the group of us had racial esteem. At least have a racial ego. Mm-hmm. Protect and be <laughs> proud of that, but I just see that we're going to start separating from these people. Mm-hmm. We have to. I can see it. We, we we're going to separate from that. I can see that happening. In order to protect our family and have some sense of sanity, we have to do that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you live in a, a, a the type of society that we live in, where if one black person does something, they think, oh, all the black people do this. All the black women are baby mamas. All the black men are thugs. 
it's all of them. You know, we, we have to that's what anybody that thinks like that is because they're dumb. And they usually come from people who are not us. And then those who have assimilated that type of thinking are just stupid. So but I, I get it. We, we are the only group black Americans typically are judged by the worst among us and not by the people who are morally upright, not by the people who carry themselves with dignity in the noble. The good one among us. We're not judged, but everybody else is. It don't matter how many serial killers, pedophiles, or this and the right race, they're still going to have a group reputation of respect. Even though, as a group, they're murderers, thieves, and cheats. It doesn't matter. But with us, because they'll do anything to degrade us, anything to degrade us, anything to make us less than. Yeah, but we have to have something. It's like something switched off in our own mindset. There's something switched off in our own mindset. I mean, regardless if someone has conditioned you to think a certain way, have presented all these different images in front of you, at some point, I mean, we're all endowed with intelligence. Each of us. And where we're at today, I'm sure a decade ago, we weren't thinking the way we're thinking now. There has been some growth that we've gone through to change the way we think for the betterment. You know, so I I, I, I think that the onus is, is upon the individual to want to change and to want what is best and understand that he or she is deserving of that. I just, I just wish that black folk love blackness way more than other people love whiteness. If that was, if, I, if I, that was our psychology, we'd turn this shit over overnight. We'd change things. And it's so many different, it's so many different versions of us. So it's so funny how, you know, not to keep harping on the negative, but it just, it fascinates me how they all you know, think that we're all alike, yet we're we're all over the planet, and you know we have so many different cultures. And yes, yes. But you know what? Funny. We don't see ourselves. See, uh, it, I, I, have you heard this this guy, um, this author by the name of uh, William William Chancellor, Doctor Chancellor, who wrote this book, um, The Destruction of Black Civilization. Are yes. you familiar with that book? Mm-hmm. Well, in this book he has, he writes about, he's a chapter de- de- devoted to what he calls a mass, a, uh, what is it called, a mass, a global mass Caucasoid agenda. Meaning that it does not matter where Caucasoid groups reside on the planet. It doesn't even matter. They are unified mentally. They all have an agenda that they support, spoken and unspoken. They are on. They are on a on cold. But you know what? We should. Uh, we should be like that. <laughs> As I'm sitting and listening to this conversation, I'm Jamaican, born, and I'm Hi. reflecting. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Black people in America are lost. 
And black people in the world, I believe we're lost. Uh And I think we're lost because we have been socialized. And and I hate to even go there, but I believe one of the root cause of our problem is religion. Yes. We have been socialized to accept the colonizer's religion and to accept a God that does not look like us, that does not understand our struggles. And therefore, because we are so brainwashed, and I was there, and I'm I'm at a space in my life now where, you know, I, I, I have empathy because I was there. Uh that we don't know who we are. And because the stronghold of religion is on us, our people, our community, that they're so, it's so ingrained in them that we can't find our way out of this mess. And until we begin to have the courage to look beyond and say, you know what, okay, Because we've been trained to say, you know what, if we don't have this God that was given to us, we have nothing. And so we have nothing. We have nothing. And so Mm -hmm. the the programming and the messages say, you know what, you can't love yourself. You cannot save yourself from the situation that you're in. You can't rise above And the only person that can help you is the Europeanized version of the creator. And if you don't have that, and then it's this other message telling us that, you know what, especially for black folks, you know, they have us in areas and they, you know, they have us, you know, living below standards. And, but they have brainwashed our people to think that, you know what, you can't do no better and everything gonna be all right, baby, when you get to heaven. Jesus going to fix it all. You don't have to worry about it. One of these days, one day, it's going to be better. So we can't rise above that programming. And that programming has us stuck. And until we come back to who we are, we are going to continue to be in this loop, this cycle of craziness. Craziness. What's your name, sister? I mean... I mean that I believe that as we become more aware of who we are, we perhaps have to begin to let go of some of the things that we have been taught by the Europeans. Let go of some of the teachings that they have taught us and kind of come back to who we are. Who were we? What did we know before they, they, they... they, they, they taught us these things and had us believe these things and, and, and believe that the European depiction of the creator, as they see it, is going to come save you. Your slave master can't save you. <sighs> I'm just frustrated with people how, right how, now. Yeah, I, and I, I agree with you. Hello? Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't it funny how Christian people are waiting to to experience heaven after they die? 
that's what I'm saying, sister. And so that is what is in our com in our community. Why can't we live now? Why right. is it well, that we have so to great, live maybe kill and, to and, die and, and then enjoy some <laughs> life? It's crazy. It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's yeah, it's it's a fluke. I I can this 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 conversation is is a it's painful in the sense that I have religious folks in my family, and because of the way they speak, they disassociate it from me. So it's and I it just makes me I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, I don't religion is not the only uh, it's not the only thing that distances from ourselves, but it's in our language. The very fact that we speak English mm -hmm. has a big impact on how we see ourselves because we're not empowered mm -hmm. as ethnic people speaking English. So this is not our mother tongue. So the language and all the words in it that are used to demean us, I mean, we we, we feel some kind of way about it that, you know, all these words that have been used to demean us and dehumanize us, we've internalized. And so we can't see ourselves as anything better or greater. At least that's what's being perpetuated. Even our own language. That's why I don't like when I hear people say, you're black this, or why are you being so dark, or this is dark. And I, I cringe because I'm like, you, 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 you know, it is because that we are no longer everything that we did as people we did because it was there was a scientific um how can I put it? It was it was scientific. It was it was it had everything to do with nature. And so we did not have any type of adverse thoughts about the darkness and blackness because that's who we are. But with English connotation, it completely twisted all of that stuff. And so, anyway. But I, I hear what you're saying, sister. I hear what you're saying. And even I'm even going to take that a step further because yeah. um, we've lost our culture. We've lost a sense of who we are. And even today, and I, I say this from a most loving space, mm -hmm. I am so taken back at even where we are as a people, as black women, when I see how Europeanized we become, we neglect uh -oh. ourselves and we, we're in the weave. I mean, okay, the, 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 the weave and it's so long and it's so, we, we don't even, we don't even love ourselves. I see us as just hating ourselves because we don't even know who we are because we're we're hiding behind the, the young kids and the generation and the the, the 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 fake hair and the eyelashes and we don't even know who we are. We're lost. We're lost. And I'm not uh, I'm not opposed to us enhancing our beauty. I get it. We're women. We're black women. You know, we we want to, but it's becoming too much where we're rejecting ourselves and now thinking that the standard of beauty for a black woman is to have this fake lace front looking y'all know what I'm talking about sister yeah yeah because if you don't have a lace if you don't have a lace you don't have any money if you don't if you don't have a lace you don't you don't have any money you, you don't you don't fit up to you know this society and their standards 
That's what it is. So they feel like they have to get the lace front. They have to get their hair done. You know, I was there. I used to, I'm a, a cosmetologist. I was there wearing the weaves all the time, changing my hair every three to four weeks. What changed? So, you know, I, I, I was there. And, and when changed? I started wearing my, my natural hair, black women, some black women ridiculed me and said, why this, this hairstyle isn't in style anymore. We don't do this anymore. So yes, we we do have a hate for ourselves, and we it doesn't matter how we found this hate, who gave it to us, how it came about, but we have to fix it, and it starts with us accepting ourselves, learning mm-hmm. about ourselves, learning about our hair, how to grow our hair, just like um we were talking about yesterday, and then you have to wear your hair so your children can see you. So your yes. children can see how you naturally look, how a black woman naturally looks. Then they will, when, when, my, when I'm looking at videos and stuff and my son sees people with locks or even if he sees people with like double strand twists, he's like, mommy, I want my hair like this because he wants to grow his hair. He's not looking okay. at, uh, you know, uh, the white boy and saying, oh, I want my hair blonde and spiky. That's not what he's saying. He's looking He's looking at what mommy is showing him and what looks like him, what resonates with him. So we have to do right by the kids. It, it starts with yeah. the change starts in us. We've yeah. got to change the narrative. And I was there to my sister. I was there. I mean, I teach in a university and I was there. I had the long bouncy pretty perm hair was pretty and one day I I just realized you know I need to stop this and I remember I had a friend and she's a Jamaican lady too and I told her I said you know what I'm gonna do a big chop and she said to me girl how are you gonna walk up into those people don't that white school with your nappy head how are you gonna do that I said I can't do this anymore you see that? And that's what she's... Now, you expect your sister to support you. And I shaved the pretty, perm, long, beautiful hair off. And the next day I went to work and I was completely bald. I said, I'm going to do this. I was nervous. But you know what? When I did my big chop and I began to learn about myself and learning to accept yes. myself raw, yes. unfiltered. Yes. Unfiltered. Yes. This is it. It That's goes what we from have my to do, scalp. And it has to replicate. You <laughs> accept yourself. Like like you said, each of us on this each of us on this conference call, we had a different way of thinking and how we presented stuff, but we changed. That means mm-hmm. that there was some catalyst within us that caused us to change. Now everybody is not on the same timetable mentally. So it's gonna be others. I'm just a little bit more optimistic about this. Yes, we're lost. But we also are endowed with tools. We are also endowed with uh, an intelligence to find ourselves. Yeah. It can happen, and it is, go- it is going to happen. That's a good sign. I think more and more of us are waking up, you know, and I think yes. as up and we come back home and we come back to the, the knowing of who we are within us and we uh-huh. re- we ourselves are powerful goddesses we are creators and we can create the experience that we desire in our life and we can change the narrative for the next generation by being true to who we are so we yes. by 
young girl seen, okay, oh my God, look at her hair. She's wearing twists or whatever. We can begin to change the narrative. It only takes one pebble in the sea to make a difference. Yes. Focus. Yes. And I have to give credit to my mother because when I was growing up, my mother had images, statues, pictures of black people throughout the house. She had magazines. And Ebony Jet and whatever other magazine what was Ebony Jet. There was another one that I'm missing. Uh, Essence. All those magazines. Uh, it was any magazine. The Chicago Defender. All the black newspapers. So when I grew up, those I I was surrounded with all those images. Plus, my mom talked to me too teaching me, she used to teach me black history, have me read all these books and things that she kept in her inventory. <laughs> so I was acculturated a little bit differently. But um, I don't like um, the intra-racial dysfunction that I see, and it doesn't have to be. It changes within our grasp. We we have the intelligence to change. And we have to address other factors, not just religion, it's what we eat. We don't know we're not we don't control food security. We don't know what kind of chemicals they're putting in the food that is that are changing us on the cellular level. That's changing how our cells communicate. That's changing our DNA. Especially if we're indulging in in alcoholic beverages and we have risky lifestyles and other sort of kind of stuff. I mean, it's so many other factors, especially education. And I used to stay in trouble when I went to school because I was always challenging their bullshit. Especially their history. The only thing I liked in school was math and science. But all the other stuff, I challenged it. We have to assert ourselves and put ourselves first, just like those Jews. They have a certain, they have a sense of nationalism, a sense of pride, a group ethic. We can do that. We weren't always like this. This is conditioning, this is programming, and we can change it. And not to mention the music, when you think about programming and conditioning, we have to also think about the music industry. It is an industry, and I think about, you know, Who's in charge of the industry? What are the music that they're feeding our young children? And, and, and what does the music prompt them to become? Is the music empowering them to be the best version of themselves? Or is the music that is being fed through the music industry telling our children that it's okay to be thugs, it's okay to be, you, you know how... Yeah, you're right. It is true that we need music that 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 celebrates our culture. And uh, I remember one time where there was a movement when hip hop came on the scene, 
Um, because all of the hip-hop stuff to me is a continuation of African griots, storytellers, and the spoken words. And um, I saw how hip-hop became, after corporations, hip-hop was corporatized. Then it changed things and started introducing these other genres of rap, gangster rap. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and, and the images associated with gangster rap um, was further degraded because I remember I came up when there was Stop the Violence. Uh, there were so many, um, what, what do we call them? Uh, there was Public Enemy, there was KRS One, there were so many. Uh, even Queen Latifah was was uh-huh. rapping and talking about things that affirmed black people and how we yeah we talked about conditions of living in the inner city but we also talked about what we could do to change that. It was like a it was a movement and it came in and shut that down. Okay, so and, so music now is no longer a movement to help uplift you and get you out of uplift you and make you become the best version of yourself the music is to degrade you have you degrade yourself hey woman yes, yes. that's why i stopped listening to america I listen, I listen to international music i listen to i listen to uh uh, uh music uh african uh afro latinos I listen to Caribbean music. I listen to African, mostly African music because I love Afrobeats and I love, I'm old school. So I like wow. King Sonia Day, uh, Selai, what's her name? Salif Keta, uh, Selai, I mean, a whole bunch of other stuff I like. And I also listen to old soul music because I, I like to listen to music where they were playing um, natural instruments. I love mm-hmm. the sound. I don't like the, the synthesized uh instrument i don't like it 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 it, it, it bothers my nerves but mm-hmm. i can listen to some drums i can listen to bob marley i can listen to you know certain songs that have meaning where there's the words that are being expressed they are uplifting even if even if there's no if there are no words it's the sound so and and notice how they how they they will dance the music they'll play the music so it's acceptable when they hear the music, but when black people are actually putting out the music, they say, oh, that these people are hoodlums, these people are thugs, but it's okay to put the music out there. It's okay for the music to trend. It's okay for you to TikTok. Yeah, because they're making money off of it. Huh. Exactly, yeah. They own it, so they're making, and so the way they write up these contracts, I mean, um, I mean, they're thieves. Let's just face it. They're criminals. They're thieves. And we are the creative people, so they always make money off of our talent. I get angry when I think about Michael Jackson and the Jackson family. They used to live right over here in Gary, a, a, a stone's throw away from me. And they worked hard to get out of Gary. To get out and overcome poverty, end up in LA, in Hollywood, and now 50% of them, I don't know, man, is going to white folks. I, I, I just, I don't get it. The Jackson family achieved what they call perpetual wealth. Really, their generations 
next seven generations shouldn't even have to work because if, if they were earning all the royalties from their intellectual property, their music and stuff. <sighs> but you're right, sister, on everything that you touched on. So you see, it's like it's almost like it's planned. It's planned to keep you in a state where you're asleep and you'll never wake up. You know, it, it, the whole system is—it's it, it, like being in the matrix. You know, you have the music, like we talked about, and 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 the fact that the music is no longer uplifting, and this is what's being fed in the young people, and so they're behaving, they're acting out on the music because that's what they know, that's what they're being fed. You yeah, know, because and and they are weak, that's and they're why. weak, <laughs> they are weak. They're not like me. I was a rebel. I rebelled against it. I was like, I knew something is wrong. <laughs> I need some strong Bantu blood. <laughs> well, now, now the white man jeans has weakened and watered us down, and we're weak. You need to, we need to rise up with that strong African spirit. There's too much cream in the coffee. You need some strong black coffee again. <laughs> that coffee done weakened. It's been, it's Irish coffee. <laughs> you gotta change that. Change the potency. Change the frequency. Exactly, because our frequency is so low. Our frequency yeah. is so low right now that we can't even help ourselves. We can't help ourselves because we're vibrating so low. Yeah, yeah, as, as a group collective. But things are changing, things are changing. Mm -hmm. I, I look at it like this, all it takes is a few of us. It doesn't have to be a whole multitude. Mm -mm. It's mm -mm. those who are resonating, who have a higher magnetic resonance are the ones who can make a change that will have a ripple effect on this entire planet and, affect and change the thinking potential of an entire town, a group of people. And we have people like that among us that can do that. I totally agree. And I don't know which one of the sisters that said, you know, I don't listen to the news. And so when I think about it, for me personally, I too, in order to clear myself and to make sure that I am not caught up in all that programming, I don't listen to the news. Yeah, because that's their magic. But we have to understand that well, let me say, in my observation, when they talk about power, when they talk about magic, it's always from something physical. Their power is in violence. Their power is in being criminal. And they have weapons and things that facilitate them being a superpower, so, so to speak. And to reinforce this whole perception of them being in power is the magic of TV. <sighs> so I don't believe half of what I see. There was a movie back in 1997 called Wag the Dog. And it was a movie based upon some Hollywood spin doctors got together and created, they actually filmed this. They started a war in Albania to create a distraction from a potential presidential sex scandal. And it's interesting how 
was it life imitates art or art imitates life? Because that's exactly what they do. The same way they went into the Hollywood studio and filmed to make us think that they actually traveled to the moon and landed on the moon, is I suspect they do in a lot of situations. Create these uh, imaginary conflicts. Oh, we don't like China. China don't like us. Oh, there's conflict between the Arabs and the Jews. I mean, it, 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 to me, it's just a bunch of Hollywood magic. Mm. Theater. Everything is staged. And that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. actors. I don't take anything serious anymore because as long as they can keep you in a perpetual state of fear, mm-hmm. a perpetual state of being insecure about who you are because of the power, they're afraid. To be quite honest, they're really afraid of black spiritual power. And as long as they continue to attack our five senses of sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch, they're going to completely bombard and attack our physical senses to keep us off balance. Because their real fear is that as individuals, we become self-actualized and activate our individual spiritual potential and then converge it as a group. That's what we need. Because everything they do is physical. It's like we can't see. They have to do, they have to. The only reason we're under or seem to be under the spell is through deception, through illusion. That's their power. Their power is rooted in deception. And we have to break the spell. Because one-on-one individual, you can show your strength. When you look them in their blue eyes and tell them to get the hell or go to hell, and you just feel like, okay, because you're resonating this energy that they just can't handle. That's that's what the real concern is. That's is that spiritual power because that's really what who we are. What we need is the secret that Haiti had when they when they um fought French and they send them packing. That's what we yeah. need. Well, see, we have we have sciences. Every group has spiritual sciences, and that's what. The elders took underground because they're like, okay, we're going to be ruled by idiots for several, you know, past two, 2,500 years, so we need to protect this until such time that we're going to start releasing it. And so there have been individuals traveling all over the world, and they have been teaching enclaves of people, sharing the secrets. But you know what? And what these white folks did, that's why they started these Freemasonry organizations, all these brotherhood and all this other BS thinking that they have some vital information that is supposed to be held in secrecy, high secrecy. You take all these oaths, but they don't realize there are no secrets in nature. And they're learning our stuff. Mm-hmm. All our science, all of our science are encoded in our mother and our maternal language is our mother tongue. As soon as we separate ourselves from number sciences, that's when we run astray. That's I all I'm interested in. I'm interested in our sciences. I am a wisdom seeker. And if I have a group of people and they're not talking about that, then it's just a waste of time. Because ultimately what we need and require is autonomy, full-blown autonomy. 
but you know what i think you know as as i'm listening to you i think as more copper tone people melanated people begin to wake up we realize that the, the 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 secrets of our ancestors we're carrying that in our dna it yes. is in us you the, the it. secrets it's in yes. our dna yes. and when yes. we yes. begin yes. To pull away from the distractions of the media, from the yes. programming, and come yes. back to ourselves and connect That's with it. nature and begin to, to to let go and just come back to the, the, the I am within. It's in our DNA. We are yes. hearing this. You got it's it. in you got us it. already. Yes, and when we congregate or when we have discussions like this, and we put in our heads and we put in our heads together and we're reasoning out loud. And we're seeing that a lot of observations that we have around the world are essentially the same. So we're tapping into the same mental frequency. You're right. It is in our DNA. It's in our the secret is That's in why I look at people I look DNA. at crazy when they want to you know, breed out and, and, and embrace this whole interracial amalgamation stuff. I'm like, you crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not love. This is, you know, that there are there are certain groups, certain nations that don't marry or date outside their group. Because there are certain gifts that they have that have to be passed down. When you have uh, uh, generations of traditional healers, generations of certain types of musicians, generations of certain types of intellectuals, you know, uh, it, it's business. Mm-hmm. So, I am DNA, a healer because it's in my DNA. Yes. So therefore, I don't need to justify explain prove i am that i am because it is in my dna and i am carrying the ancestral lineage i am carrying the secrets of my answers ancestors in my dna yes i am that i am ashe ashe that's I my sister. I, I be who I be. And I don't That's have right. to justify who I be to anyone because I That's be right. what it is in my DNA. That's it. That's it. That's it. That is it. And the elder told me that everything boils down to cells and frequencies. That mm-hmm. is it. Mm-hmm. Everything that's really important boils down to cells and frequencies. So as I begin to raise my frequency, I am choosing not to focus on the others, but I choose to focus on who I am and how I can continue to raise my frequency and be able to share this with my brothers and my sisters. Yes. Yes. You got it. You got it. And that's part of the healing. That's part of the healing. Now I can be, I can begin to heal myself from the inside out, right. both yes. on a physical level and on a spiritual level. So how do yes. I heal myself on a mental and a physical and a spiritual level? I begin to heal my relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. 
I begin to take this deep dive and look at the things that have happened to me in my life. I begin to release and let go. Uh-huh. I begin to understand the concepts of forgiveness and why I need to forgive those that have done me wrongs because I deserve to be free. Uh-huh. I look at my experiences in life and I said, okay, you know, some bad stuff happened to me. A whole lot of bad stuff happened to me. But I look at the lessons that I can learn for it and I begin to move forward. So I got to let this like cutting and sharing and letting go of the baggage and healing myself and releasing and letting go. Yeah. Now I'm free. Now I'm healed. Now I'm healing. And so I am now no longer vibrating on this lower frequency. I have raised my frequency. I am Uh vibrating on a higher frequency. So therefore, I am going to attract people who are also vibrating on the same frequency as myself. Healed people are going to attract people who are healed. Broken people are going to attract people who are broken. I've raised my vibration. I'm working on my healing. And therefore, I am attracting other people who are on the same frequency as myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. So we begin to shed. So we begin to shed. So those low vibrational relationship, whether it's family, whether it's job, whether it's men, guess what? We're shedding. We're shedding. We're shedding. We're shedding. I'm no longer on that frequency. So I'm not even going to attract those energies anymore yeah. into my space. Yeah. yeah. Where we at? Is that Lance? <laughs> Is Brother Lance on the line? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm here. I was <laughs> muted, but I'm here. Oh, I, just, okay. I just, I just, I just heard a powerful hey. word, and I was like, "Whoa!" I can't yeah, me vibing with my my yard sister. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, very powerful than we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Way mm-hmm. more powerful than we know. Other people know. That's why mm-hmm. they want to put restrictions and limitations. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do, we really, do we really understand? Wow. All the roadblocks, all the obstacles that have been placed in front of us, and we still manage to overcome them, we still manage to thrive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were criminalized for reading and writing. Mm-hmm. And they still say that, oh, you're illiterate. Illiterate in what? As if English is supposed to be so important in such an intelligent language. And this is why our kids struggle in school, you know, because it is not our their tongue language. It, it is not their... Again, English is not the language that we are genetically coded for. And so they yes. struggle in school. Could you they say that again? struggle with grasping we this language. We are not language. genetically coded to speak this language. No. This is what I've been trying to get people no. to understand. Not only that, but the way that we've been taught is from a Euro perspective. I'm yes. highly, I'm a thousand percent confident that if, just take math. Black people, African people originated mathematics. We were the first to identify numbers. 
because we understood that in order to live in this physical reality, it's based on numbers. And I'm confident if we taught black kids the history of mathematics, the history of numbers, the true origin of science, it would change the way they see themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it would reactivate their creative intelligence and they will begin to do things that would surpass the idiots who's supposed to be so brilliant today. <laughs> who are just so brilliant. Uh, oh, we're building robots. We're building machine technology. Okay, fine. Who cares? You're going backwards. It is our spiritual technology that we need to be harnessing. Not the foolish stuff. It's spiritual because the more people use machines, the more dumb and stupid they get. It's kids the are going crazy if you if they can't even put down a cell phone. They go they go nutty because they have this addiction. It's Again, the, the, the agenda is to keep keep the melanated people on a low vibrational frequency where they yeah. can't think, where they cannot tap into their spiritual dna and so yes. therefore it's to keep your frequency so low that you're not thinking you're just moving about like a like a robot you're just and moving about like to a control us they'll continue the control. to have starting to rule us and we got to get that monkey literally get that monkey off our back we got to shake the monkey because we are not meant to be ruled by anyone else if we are aligned with nature, nature operates autonomously. There's nothing controlling nature. It operates autonomously. That's how we are supposed to be. We just and that's create contracts with nature. We create contracts with energy to do our bidding. We administrate with forces. That's, that, that, that's what we did. We have to return back to our animist origins because we are animists. Yes. That's what we are. When we can speak and move a mountain, when we can speak in a tone or a pitch and raise a 70-ton rock, that's the kind of thing. When we can, we can do things where we can shapeshift, mm -hmm. where we can, do, we can fly, we can levitate, that's the kind of power I want to see activated, reactivated amongst us. Because that's where we're supposed to be. But that means, sister, that means that in order for us to get to that space, number one, we have to get away from the programming and we have to get back to our mother. When I say our mother, we got to yes. get back in nature. We got to yes. go back outside and reconnect yes. with mother Ashe. nature. Ashe. Yes. That's yes. it. That's we got to get back and let our mother teach us stuff because when yeah. we are in nature and we are connected and our feet, we are grounded and we are, we are connected with the energies of the earth coming up into our feet and the energy of the heavens coming down. We are, we will be a force to be reckoned with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Got to get back out there. We got to get back out there and connect. Yeah. But we're communicating with the animals, with other creatures. Mm -hmm. That's that's how I. That's my measurement. When I when my interaction with animals, and if they're afraid of me, and blah blah blah, 
but you know, if the interaction is very good, I'm like, okay, good, I'm in touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not running away from me. They're not scaring me. <laughs> They're coming to you. They're coming yes. to you. Uh huh. I had a an associate uh, who is an attorney, and he got a lot of low down things, and. She said that one day he was somewhere and a little dog, he went, he, it was a cute little dog. He saw he went up to the dog and the dog was frightened. The dog cowered and started to growl and bark at him. He said, whoa, wait a minute. He said that, that was his wake-up call that he knew he had to change. Mm-hmm. But he's somewhere over in Asia going with some monk or whatever, going through his little spiritual whatever, 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 whatever. But that, I just thought that was interesting that he noticed that he was resonating some type of energy that was not in agreement with the animal, that the animal could pick up on it. Mm. And it growled at him. But anyway, but that's the way we have to be <clears throat> in tune, mm-hmm. completely in tune and in alignment with nature, every mm-hmm. facet of it. Because mm-hmm. then we can invoke nature. Yes. Yes. To do our bidding. Mm-hmm. So we, it's not going to come from the dog or weapon. Everything, every arsenal that nature has, we throwing at you. Hmm. Now, how you going to, how you going to fight that? Hmm. That you can speak and invoke a tornado or a hurricane. Like the hmm. superhero storm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meaning those things are based on the Orishas to me. Mm-hmm. Those X-Men, those Supermen and all that kind of stuff, that seems to tie into some of the energies of the Orishas. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I'm, 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 I am really excited. But we are gods and goddesses. We are yeah. creators. And yeah, you know, exactly. some people, some people are take offense to that. But it, uh, in the most loving form, we are creators. We have so yeah. much power in the power of our words. We can create. We create through our words. We create as women. We create through our womb. We are creators. And we need yeah. to really begin to tap again into that creative force, you know, in within yeah. us. Yes. Yeah. And especially but with the own Bible says that. The own Bible says. Um, have you have I not told you that you are gods? Okay, but but we didn't we, we don't right? believe it. We they they hide so much things in the Bible that if we stop reading it as they read it and we read it with the third eye, the, mm. the third eye where we can see beyond their words because mm. their words are spells. Well, we know that nature does not communicate in English, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible, if we're being really honest, is basically Jewish hagiography. Hagiography. Okay. And Jesus Parts was of a the Jewish Bible was taken. Parts of the story, <laughs> yeah. Some stories in the Bible. Yeah, I, was, taken, I was looking at um, um, Ben, Dr. Ben, who, and um, Dr. Dr. Browder who took people back to Kemet to see the, the hieroglyphics on, on, on the walls and stuff. Yes. And some of the stories in the Bible were taken, were stolen from 
the hieroglyphics. Yeah, right. And, and when when they said when parts of the Bible is stories taken from Kemet, and they tell they are telling us, but we we don't know that they are telling us because we don't know better. Hmm. There's a couple of places in the Bible, they, it it references us to, apart from. It says also, um, there are many gods and there are many lords. Well, they, they don't read their Bible, so they they really wouldn't know. Just like how, just like how many? How many is many? Every one of every one of our melanated people, every one of us, we are connected by one thing: our spirit. Mm -hmm. We're connected mm -hmm. by what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear oh, that. Sure. There's something, a TV or something playing in the background. Not my background. <laughs> we, uh, are, we are, we are spirits. We are spirits. We are all spirits. Oh, yeah, our, yeah, yeah. We're connected. Yes, yes. Why yes. we are all connected? So if we come together, there's, there's nothing we can't do. That is true. That is true. So then in coming together, sisters, I'm just getting another I'm getting another download then. In coming together, just like we're coming together here and we're all someplace else, we're all at a different space somebody's in chicago somebody's in florida somebody's wherever we are we're coming together and yet we we are sending out the frequency among yes. us so that you see how we are connected mm -hmm. yeah Yes. We're not in the same physical space. We're in different fit places, but yet the energy and the frequency is going about amongst us. You yes. see that coming together? And so together, as we have this conversation and we are raising our frequencies together as gods and goddesses, as creators, we are elevating ourselves. We're yes. activating the God in our DNA. We're activating the secrets that the, that was passed down to us by our ancestors we're activating that and we need to and we ladies need to to, to help our daughters and to understand that the, the same things that you were just talking about the weeds that cover their hair that your hair is an extension of your nervous system and its antennas is yes. your hair is an, an antenna that picks up on mm -hmm. things. So how can you hear? How can you connect with the divine? How can you connect with the energy when you of have the everything universe? Covered down if, if you cover it Under a wig. It's under the wig. It's under the wig. That's one right. of the reasons I cut off my hair. I, 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 I stopped relaxing my hair almost more about more than 10 years now. Mm -hmm. A whole lot of years now. Cut off everything and grade back natural. Mm -hmm. Well, the makeup. Stop wearing makeup years and years and years ago. 
a constant geometry in nature is the spiral. Everything mm-hmm. emerges from a spiral, a coil. Mm-hmm. And it amazes me that Black people today are still not recognizing that nature, signature, is in our DNA. It's in mm-hmm. our appearance. When you want to look at the hair that we have on our head is a physical representation of forces because forces are spirals mm-hmm. in every direction. That's how energy moves. Energy moves in a spiral. If you look at just if you look at a, a tornado, a hurricane, or look at how the wind blows certain objects, it's only two directions: mm-hmm. clockwise or counterclockwise. Oh, yeah. So that's how. So if it's clockwise, that means it's spinning backwards or gravitational. If it's spinning counterclockwise, that means it's moving forward and upward, levitation. These are things that we used to know. Mm -hmm. Physics, all of the sciences, we were the ones that originated these science because this is how we were able to understand how everything functions in this physical reality in the universe we understood nature we we were we were in tune with it and we just but like you said the more we you know this this is all all these secrets and stuff is already in us because just like you get downloads i get downloads too so (laughs) that that means we 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 have an army of ancestors yes (laughs) downloading stuff to us from the other side so let let me tell you know something And they're happy. And I love it. Because so for me, something because I've had some very interesting conversations with individuals, and I noticed the one thing I kept attracting were Igbo people. Even the men, I was attracted to them. And I was like, what is going on? And I find out that I have Igbo ancestry. Mm-hmm. So I was drawn to uh, the sciences of the Igbo people called Odenala. I started mm-hmm. reading some different things. I started learning the Igbo language. I just started learning different things because it's in me. Mm-hmm. It's in me. Just like some Jamaicans can understand Twi. Mm-hmm. But may not speak it, but you hear it and you understand it. Well, that's what was happening to me. And mm-hmm. so my inner self has always told me that I had to go and learn the ways of the ancestors. I had to mm-hmm. learn the ways and, you know, uh, just get back in tune with that and it took me beyond this because you know being monolingual is very limiting you don't get a Mm -hmm. chance to experience all the other realities that exist i've read some phenomenal books by credo mutua and uh uh the late maladoma soulmate uh these were shamans and i love talking to shamans Mm -hmm. because they're at a level where i'm striving to be it's like I can, you know, converse with them on certain subject matters, certain concepts that I know, but can't explain how I know. But when I talk to a shaman, he gets it. But if I talk to a regular person, they're like, okay, this is cuckoo, where you, you know, going, but this is like, I just have a thirst for science, our science. Because the way the Caucasian look at science, is backwards, it's awkward, and it's based upon destruction because he has to destroy in order to learn. He's too busy smashing atoms. Whereas we observe and we see order. Mm. 
We see that things work in order and it's numerical. We see that. We see what they can't see because we're endowed with melanin and mm-hmm. melatonin. Mm-hmm. And there's so much discussion on melanin that you forget that the spiritual power is because of melatonin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is secreted by the pineal. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. the pineal oscillates because it sends and receives wave frequencies, mm-hmm. energy wave frequencies. Mm-hmm. So if the pineal is not active, mm-hmm. then the individual is going to express corrupt thinking, behavior, and actions because it's off. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual imbalance. Mm-hmm. And it's not hocus pocus. You know, this is just understanding, you know, uh, nature's science, which actually controls everything. That we, that we're actually, we're the ones that, oh my gosh. Our thoughts, the, the way we think and what we, and what emanates from us, that's where the conflict has come. The whole spiritual warfare is someone using their thinking to overpower your thinking, the way you mm-hmm. think. That's mm-hmm. where the spiritual warfare is coming in. We have with people who have a criminal culture. And the only way for them to exist and to survive is to be a parasite. They need a host that they can latch on to. And that host provides them everything that they need or else they'll die. But that's black people. Black people are the autotons on the planet. We are the original people. We are by nature creative. Everything that the world enjoys today came from the creative intelligence of black people. And not everyone else has the kind of talent that we have. Everyone has a level of spirituality. They have their own little spiritual sciences, but it's Mm -hmm. not at the concentration levels, it is not in depth the way the black, the way, the way we have it, because we are the original, and the world is world is in a topsy turvy position, and they're looking for they're looking for guidance, and that guidance is coming from us. Mm-hmm. They're lashing out like children with a tantrum because they know there's something wrong with us. We know we're evil. We don't know why we're this way. We can't help it. We need some guidance. They know who they are. We don't know who we are. We're walking our on purpose. I mean, we kind of know, but, you know, it's a little bit. <laughs> we're walking around like zombies. Because of the chemicals and the food and the and water the and, and, and the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and that's what I started air. doing. I started counting. That's a meditation I do. I, I count in numbers. I stop counting in English. I count in Igbo. I count in Yoruba. I count in, Sh- in Shona. I count in a mother tongue tree because I want to send out I want to send out whatever I, I count using formulas I'll say the formula for pure energy you know is, is what I was taught through a Dogon elder initiate you know I count 
I, I think about what my purpose is, what I want to accomplish, and then I count. We do a full moon meditation. I use numbers because numbers is where our intelligence comes from. Numbers are waves. Numbers are frequencies. Mm -hmm. That's what I tap into. And that's what sound, sound. Our sciences are rooted in sound. And sound is an overlay of numbers. Every sound has a frequency. It's tied to a numerical frequency. It's like colors are tied to a numerical frequency. There are people who their whole attitude changed when they see certain colors. When they surround themselves with certain colors, it changes their 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 thinking. It, it may uplift them. Colors have an, an effect on our, our senses. But it's all going back to numbers. You know, when you think, when, when I listen to you again, you talk about numbers, you talk about frequency and sound. You know, I even mm -hmm. find myself, even as an educated woman, according to the, the standards that's been set by society. Number mm -hmm. one, struggle with the English language. Number two, I'm at a point in my life now where I, I, I'm very much into the etymology of words. So I am. Uh -huh. The words that I'm saying, I'm always like looking, well, where did this word come from? What is the root of this? And so I am more aware now and I'm more intentional and careful about certain words that I use. Because when I look back at the etymology of where these words are coming from, I feel like if I use these words, I'm casting a spell. I'm very more aware of the, especially this English borrowed language. Yeah. This language, we lie and don't even know we're telling lies. And we lie yeah. and we get false witness against ourselves. This English it's language telling. is most suitable for a criminal or a non-heterosexual because this language is full of words for things that don't even exist. And it's also full of words that are so perverse that invoke strange perversions. Yes. Um, um, I, 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 uh, I saw a film, I think it was a documentary. Um, there's stuff going on. Oh, my goodness. It was about this doctor who had helped these African women in the Congo because there's civil war. There's things going on over there because of different factions that are trying to steal the, 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 the minerals and resources over there in the Congo, and these women were raped, um, and they were sodomized with different tools and things that uh, mutilated their vaginas. And so, this doctor, he was able to restore a sense of womanhood by performing surgeries to correct. Uh, or to address some of the damage that had been done to these women. And one of the women that were being interviewed, there was an interpreter because she was speaking, I think, in Ligala. And they were interpreting, and she said that they didn't know what was happening to them. They didn't know it was rape because they had no word for rape in their language. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So mm. there's a lot of action, a lot of acts 
that we perform in English that people who don't speak English in Muslims don't do because there's no word for it. Mm. There has to be a, 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 a word is composed of sound codes, uh, which is uh, a consonant and a vowel. And a consonant and a vowel itself is a word that describes or lets you know a specific action that is taking place. So L-A, la, that causes a specific action. Ma causes a specific action, M-A. So we look at the spiral. Okay, this is taking in a whole nother direction. Um, but um, but I'm I'm glad that you brought up about the etymology because me and another brother we used to do daily bills or daily reading sessions uh, sessions on language and sound, and we discovered that not so much as the spelling, but the sound is way more important than the spelling. Mm-hmm. Because in English, you have words that are spelled differently but have the same sound frequency. They have the same sound. You have words in the English language that have letters. Now, I'll give you an example. How do you spell the word for number one? Spell it. One, O-N-E. Okay. Which of those letters has the W sound? The consonant letter W. Which letter? One. One O N E one, one, the N. I don't know. <laughs> if you were to pronounce that word using your mind, how would you pronounce that word? One. Pronounce it from your mind, not your memory. One. Yes, that is the correct <laughs> way to pronounce it. What? So they have given us sight words to remember, to memorize. Mm. So through education, we have been conditioned to use our memories and not our minds. That's Mm. why it's difficult for us to decipher truth from a deception and a lie. Mm -hmm. Because they use memory instead of the mind. Yes. From as, as, as soon as you could talk. Mm-hmm. Look at the word pharmacy. Which letter has the which letter has the sound F? Which letter? Which which letter is it? You know, it's a lot of words in English where the letter doesn't match the sound. <laughs> and this and, and they, they tell you what the is the purpose of having knowledge? The P-H is supposed to be the F sound. <laughs> uh-huh, you see? And knowledge. How do you spell knowledge? Mm-hmm. What is the first letter in knowledge? K. Okay. So it's not the spelling, it is the sound. But it's like it, 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 that just to show you that there's a lot of deception. Mm-hmm. There's fraudulent sounds and fraudulent spellings in the English language. You, it, it makes sense that we're confused. 
You have your casting spells. When yes. good spelling. Yes, spelling. against yourself. Yes. Yes. And that's why I love African languages because of the way they're spoken. It's, it's, it's a truthful language. You cannot tell a lie. And the African person, the way they, because they speak mother tongues, the way their ears are trained to listen, they can tell when you're lying. Because they are mostly sound compliant. And if you notice in American schools, the valedictorians in schools are those who do not speak English as a first language. Mm, mm, mm. I should tell you something. And that's why through sound, we can tell who is who. We can go back through the annals of time using sound because we are the original sound master. Mm. We can tell origins. That's why I challenge these white narratives about things. I'm like, okay, so what was the language? What was what was spoken? You go into these different codes, you can break the code. Sound is magnetic. Yeah, so when you talk to when you talk to plants, they, 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 they respond better. Say again. That's why when you talk to plants. Uh-huh. They respond. Yeah, mm -hmm. they respond. They grow better Water when you talk to them. Yeah. I learned that some years ago. Someone, we went to the beach and they said, um, don't talk too loud. Don't talk too loud. When you scream and, and talk loud, the, 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 the water gets really rough. Ah, yeah. It's interesting because water is very spiritual. Yeah. Water is very spiritual. I go to... I go to Lakefront and I talk to my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I have to be near water to have these conversations because you can send a message across the water. Mm. It travels. I remember Brother Bobby Hennett that one time, um, he had an ailment, he was sick. And he didn't have aspirin or medicine or anything like that. So he spoke into the water. He spoke into the beverage he had so that it could heal him. Mm. And I was so fascinated by that. that that's right. We can speak. He you see what, what you know what you said? He spoke. So he vibrated. Yeah. Uh -huh. He vibrated yeah. those words. Mm-hmm. And vibration. He spoke. He spoke, and then his mental energy. So mm -hmm. when you're thinking, you're also sending out waves, mm -hmm. magnetic waves. Mm -hmm. And that's something that they've been studying. The FBI, CIA, these scientists, Department of Defense, they can now read brain waves. So they've been studying that because they're figuring out kind of ways that they want to control thinking.
So what better way can it do than they inject you with something? Mm-hmm. You ingest it or they inoculate it in a form of uh, immunization or something to dull your senses. Anyway. <laughs> it's a lot. But remember, it's really I don't, a lot. It's really a lot. You ladies are in. But remember back then in the day when, you know, you were kids, if you're a child back in the 80s, 70s, whatever, and you mm-hmm. did something wrong, right? And we talk uh-huh. about communication and we talk about perhaps even mental communication through the mind. And you did uh-huh. something wrong and your mother was in the room and you in the same room with your mother. And your mother would look and you knew exactly what she was telling you without yes. opening her yes. mouth. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you have relatives that are passed on, but they come and visit you through dreams and tell you stuff. Mm-hmm. Because. I have a paternal grandmother that I never met because she had passed away before I was born. But she came to my father in a dream and I happened to be going through some serious, I was going through some adversity. And my father confronted me about it and said that his mother came to him in a dream Mm -hmm. and told her and told him that a storm was coming and that she needed to come, that she needed to come see, come talk to me and see what was going on. And my dad approached me, and I broke down and told him everything that was going on. It was some stuff that was going on. But I was just amazed that my grandmother, and now to show that my father was how spiritual he was and and attuned to things, because a lot of things came to him through his dreams. He was such a creative man. My dad built a car from scratch. Mm. Uh, very talented, very good with his hands, a master tradesman. Um, but things came to him. And he dealt. There was, I was going to count, well, uh, there was um, something, how can I put this? There was a relative, not blood relative, but through marriage, uh, my father's wife's niece was married to this young man, and it came to my dad in a dream that there was some trouble in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And he went to their home, went to their couch. And pulled and turned it over, turned the cushions, and found an envelope that contained a substance like some dirt or something. Someone had put like a root on them to break up their marriage. Mm-hmm. And it came to my father in a dream, and he went there, and he knew who had done it. It's things like that that made me completely amazed with my dad. Because of that, the gift of perception mm. or his sense, that, that sensory perception that he had, that gift that many of us have, but it's kind of dormant in some more than others, you know. 
just things like that that is completely fascinating. Mm. <clears throat> and um, he did what he had to do to remove that impediment. Mm. And I was like, wow. And the only reason I know it is because I was kind of eavesdropping and listening to his stepmother about it. <laughs> It's real interesting. Hmm. That's why I know we're going to be okay. Maybe a lot of casualties, but those <laughs> two, <laughs> there's some that's not going to make it. <laughs> I can't worry about them. <laughs> not everybody. Oh my God. The ascension process is not for everybody. Not everybody gonna make it. No. No. It is. But I know that we have to do something if we're going to have a future for our kids, for our children. Yes. We have to think about our posterity. We have to make decisions today that affect the next seven generations. And then in my mind, it is not fair for our next generations to deal with, to inherit our problems. It's not fair. And with what we've gone through, I think it, it has prepared us because we went through a huge initiation, going through the most heinous things that people could experience on this planet. So that our ancestors could return through us, that we become the warriors. And we have to teach our and children to fight. Go ahead. <laughs> so, are you saying, sis? We have to teach our children. Mm -hmm. We teach our children? We have to teach our children. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We have to talk to them about it. Yeah, we can't sugarcoat it. We got to let them know what time it is. Mm -hmm. And I think we yeah. need to spend a lot of time meditating. Yes. A lot of years ago, I, um, I had a dream and, and I just saw this person smiling at me. Just a bright light. And this face just smiling at me and saying, you're stubborn, you're too stubborn, you must listen to your dream. And mm -hmm. I was so, like, confused because that was the entire dream. Just this bright light appeared and this face, I couldn't recognize the face, but all I know is that this, this person was just smiling at me and saying, why you're so stubborn? You're too stubborn. You must have did. And I went by my sister the following day. And I telling her, girl, I dreamed last night. And uh, from the time I started explaining and describing this dream to her, she finished describing the dream for me. Whoa. She wow. had the same dream. Wow. That happened to me too with my guy. We both had the same dream. 
But and it was not I... a good dream. It was a terror dream. Something oh. was after me, and he was in it, and he was trying to protect me. We both woke up, and we had the same dream. It was like, wow, we we discussed it. And he said something was after you, and I was trying to protect you to keep it, whatever the presence was, away from you. If I can chime in, this is Tracy J. I've been listening for quite some time, but since we're talking about dreams, just last night I had a terror dream myself. Um, I was on a bus. I was on a bus. I was visiting another. I I don't know where I was. I I know I was on a bus, and people came on the bus to rob the bus, and they were like, everybody just leave your wallet. After you leave your wallet, you get off the bus. We won't kill you, but just leave your wallet, walk off the bus, and you can just go about your day. In the dream, I'm like, I ain't giving you nothing. Mm-hmm. I, everybody, I was sitting in, I, I, I was sitting in the very back of the bus. I was in the very back of the bus. Everybody's like pulling out their wallets, leaving their wallets, and I look down, and my wallet is like in my purse or in my jacket, it's somewhere. And I'm looking at, it, I'm like, I'm not leaving my wallet. So when everybody got up and left off the bus, I left off the bus. I ain't, I didn't leave nothing on the bus. So mm-hmm. I got off the bus, and and the next thing I remember is I'm on another bus, and I'm watching the robbers. They're going through each seat. They're picking up the walls, and then when they get to the back, they don't see anything, and they're looking around. By this time, the bus that I'm on has already pulled off. And so in the dream, I'm looking out the back window, and they're, like, chasing the bus that I'm on. Oh, wow. And, and then and then I, I go up to the front, and I'm screaming at the driver, and I'm like, call the police. Call the police. We're being followed. Call the police. And then everybody on the bus is just, like, laxy, like, just relaxed. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're just... No, call the police now. And I remember screaming in a dream, like, call the police. They're, they're following us. They're following us because I wouldn't give them my wallet. And I woke up right then. Oh, wow. I wonder what that means because I've had dreams of someone breaking and entering and trying to take a valuable property from me. And actually, that did happen. <laughs> I only just dreamed. I, I've had Dreams where I've seen things before they actually happen. I've had a lot of deja vu. Me too. Wow. Like, a lot what? of deja vu. Like I've seen, like I've I've gone to places and it's like, hmm, I've been here before. Me too. Even though I've never physically been there, but I've seen this place in my dream. So I experienced a lot of that. So my I, thing I is, who, who, who's trying to take something from me or something or someone trying to take something from me? Yeah. Sooner or later, you will know who. Sooner or later. Yeah. I get a lot of um, like, this happened before. I could swear this happened before, and Mm -hmm. only to find out I did dream it. Right. Mm. Last late last year, I had a dream, and just. Last week, somebody came and told me the same thing that I dreamt about. And I was like, what? And it, it's, I don't know if it's true. So do not repeat that for me, please. Because it's concerned, it concerned one of my sons and my, my mm-hmm. deceased ex-husband. We didn't part on, on, on very good. Good terms. Okay. 
but we still had to have a um well to co-parent until he died and oh. he um he died in 2010 and last late last year my second son was supposed to get married in october and the wedding was postponed and after the wedding was postponed i dreamt out and i told my i told my second daughter because she came across and we were in the back and just chatting and stuff and i was telling her that i dreamt and what i dreamt and i told her i said i dreamt your father he come and he telling me how he feeling so shame because yes he's so ashamed of 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 his son because he well, he wants to know why his son taking all this this crap and um because he's telling me that she she had it well she cheated but he didn't say if it happened once mm-hmm. or if it happened more than once or whatever but he even told me who the person was mm. so i just I told my daughter, and I didn't repeat it to anybody else until a few days ago. A friend of mine called, and well, he usually call and we talk because I into the natural stuff, and and he now trying to because he having some health issues, and he was um calling me to find out about um CMOS and stuff. So in talking, I don't know. What we were talking about and um oh because his uncle was like a second father to me too and um his uncle died september last year so he said uncle and check here i said no boy i'm dreaming nothing at all i said the only person i dream is is them trend father and i don't know why he coming to harass me because and i i end up telling him the dream and i didn't tell him all the information he said you know i hear that him i i think i hear that over and he called the person name right and i was like what i said listen to me i only dream that i don't know if it's true please don't repeat it because that is not my business i am not getting involved right mm. what okay. has to happen will happen because anytime you go and I go and put my mouth you will hear I cause so and so to happen. So I say what has to happen? Everything will work out how it's supposed to happen. Please do not repeat that. Because he heard the same thing that exactly the same thing that I dreamt. Wow. And it's like wow. Has anyone like ever had the dream? Has anyone ever had the dream where you go somewhere in your car and you park and you go in the store and come out and the car is no longer there? Yes, I've had. <laughs> 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 I've had a, 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 recently. I've had a couple of those. I'm like, I know I parked here with my car. <laughs> Yes, I've had those dreams. And, you, and in the dream, you're like, who the heck has my car? Like, why would you take my car? Yes. 
Yes, I've had those dreams too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've had dreams where I have a a a wad of money in my hand. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I can pay all my bills. I can pay all my bills. And then I wake up. I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> those, those dreams make me mad. Those, those dreams, the money dreams, and, and the, 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 the money dreams and the food dreams make me mad. Yes. The, food dreams, yes. the, food, yes. the food dreams, I don't know why, but it, in your dreams, your food looks way better than it does in real yes. life. And you, and you look and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm about to tell you. I, I remember I had like a... I had some kind of like dessert in front of me or something. I'm like, oh yes. my gosh, I can't wait. And as soon as I pick up the fork and I cut it, I wake up. I was mm, so mad. Yep, that happened I was to so me. Mad. What is that? That has happened to me. I had some delicious strawberry shortcake. It was so delicious. I was getting ready to eat it and boom. I woke up. But you know what? You need to watch out. You need to watch out about food dreams. They say you should never, ever eat the food in the food dreams. You should never okay. eat food in food dreams because they said that could be somebody like it's the same thing as somebody putting a root on you. They're getting you to eat their, the food. They're offering you, you know, the food. And then when you take the food and eat it, you, you're you in agreement to whatever they cast over you. So oh, well, the next time, well, the, 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 ne the next time you have a food dream, do not, if, if you can remember in the dream, don't eat it. Please, please don't eat it. I ain't gonna need it. I had a dream. Now I'm vegan, but I had a dream that I had ate some bacon. Somebody tricked me into eating some bacon, and see, I was horrified. See. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In any any dream, in any dream where there's food or drink, don't drink it. Mm -hmm. Don't eat it. Yeah. Okay. I I know well, this. Um, the, I know in Trinidad they say that um when you dream snakes is um betrayal. It's bad. It's not good. Right. And in, in 2020, I dreamt I had at least three or four dreams with snakes. Hmm. One dream was so much snakes that the entire area in front of me where I had to pass was snakes. And I was so scared. And then I said, you know what? I passed them. And I started walking on the snakes. And none of them bit me. All right. But well, see, the thing my, is... My, my yeah. My betrayal dreams is not snakes. My my betrayal dreams is when somebody actually steals something from me. That's why when last night they yeah. tried, they wanted my wallet, I didn't give it to them, and I I <laughs> went about my way. My my betrayal dreams is me getting something taken from me. Mm -hmm. And 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 later on in the year, that was like between June and September. May, wow. June, and September, and by December, I found out all who was betraying me. Mm. Oh, see, yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh uh. Dreams mean something, people. People know, don't know, don't ever ignore dreams. Yeah, don't ever. So. Yeah, I'm gonna start uh, getting a um a journal so I can record my dreams because I wake up. I be having some very lucid, interesting dreams. So much I'm I dream in color too. Up. I may have some really good dreams. <laughs> I dream in color too, so that that's a good thing. I do dream in color. Me too. Yeah. And and in in my dreams, I'm I'm conscious that I'm actually dreaming. I'm like, oh man. You know. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm at the point where I can recognize what I'm actually asleep. Okay, I'm gonna have fun here until I wake up. <laughs> A few times yeah. last year, I dreamt, I dreamt, and when I got up, I was like, 
Why would I dream bananas yeah. and and plantains and you know and they look so ripe and nice and when the the green but the green bananas the green bananas look so big and nice and when I I held one and I tried to, to pull it off the bunch it just disintegrated just mash up squish up in my hand. And then when mm. I went to, to the bunch of plantains, that was a whole set of bunch of plantains lean on one another, like in like in the shape of a teepee. Mm. And when I got from far, it was bright yellow and rich yellow and nice. And when I got up close to it, the front was rich and yellow and the back was black. Oh. And wow. I told my children and some we were going through a little issue with, with, with somebody who um we thought was a friend of the family and for a couple months straight every time I had a dream about things looking nice and it not nice and looking ripe and it rotten and, and that kind of stuff, I would get up and I, I, I remember that day when I got up and I told them the dream. By mm -hmm. lunchtime, the person called my daughter. And after that, by, by lunchtime, I told them the dream when I got up the morning, and by lunchtime, the person called my daughter. And about three times after that, every time I had a, a deceptive dream and I told them about it, mm -hmm. that, person would, that person would call her. Mm. Yeah, your dreams warn you because your dreams, uh, yeah. and you're in a spiritual state. You're in a spiritual realm when you go to sleep. That's, yeah, that's why I changed my name to well, not legally, but when I saw Lance and and they went to um Ghana the first time and they had this um ceremony where they um were renamed and stuff. I went and yeah. I researched. I went and I researched my um name in, in African. And I, that's why I um that's where I got the kissy from. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, I remember. Name. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just what I was gonna say I had I remember another dream I had. Um I was in front of the buffet of all buffets. <laughs> and the food was so good. And I, I, I stepped up, I stepped up to order food, and this person, I can't tell you what this person looks like, comes and stands directly in front of me and says no. And so I try to step <laughs> aside, and they, they, and they step in with me, dog. They're like, no, no, no. I don't know if this person was like a guardian angel or protect. They would not let me order from that buffet, and all, all I could do was, was look at it. Oh wow, interesting. Sounds like denial. Hmm. They would not I let me get I tried to step. I mean, I tried to pull the food off myself. They were like put their hand up. I'm like, what is going on with this person? I can't even get anything to eat. You don't even let me do nothing. What is who are you? You're a foodie just like me. <laughs> I am a foodie, and that's probably why I am on the eating plan because that was definitely before I started my eating plan. So that's probably a, that that was a sign. That was definitely a sign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hi, everyone. I just had observed um, the conversation for 
like the past 10 minutes now. And so it's very interesting, you know, listening to you and everyone. Welcome. Hello, welcome. Yes, this is Nexus. Oh, I was about to say that, but I, I didn't want to be wrong. But welcome. Nice to speak to you again. Welcome. I just had the feeling we just want to tap into the line and see if anyone was here. It just came to me. And, you know, it's like, like I say, I like to filter, you know, um, what I entertain myself with. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm not wanting to really talk, but I will let you know that I'm here. So this is my third time, you know, on the conference. And, you know, it seems like like I'm enjoying just to listen, you know, but I really enjoyed the experience of speaking the way that, that I have, you know, the past couple of times. So, you know. I yeah, we've enjoyed you too. Yeah. Wow, thank you. <laughs> so I appreciate mm-hmm. you most definitely as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got one more dream story. Okay. And, and it happened recently <laughs> this year. I got one more dream story. Okay. I was in the doctor's office. I was in the doctor's office sitting down and the doctor was a white lady and she looks me dead in my eyes and tells me that I'm diabetic. And were you? I'm no, I'm 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 not diabetic at all. <laughs> I just had a dream that someone told me I was diabetes, and diabetes running my family. <laughs> so, <laughs> but okay, but you know, even though you do just the um, stick your finger blood test, right? Um, sometimes you're you're there already, and it doesn't come up yet, and unless you do a um, A1C and <laughs> hemoglobin A1C. And it will tell right. you if you're over over if you're over seven, you're there already. Right. Right. I thought it's if you were over five though. But five or seven. I think if you're five, five, you're good. Yeah. Also what I've learned is if I have a dream that's not good, it's not an agreeable dream. I've learned to cancel it. As soon as I wake up, I cancel it. So it won't I did, resonate I did, in yeah. the back of my mind. You dream something that you don't agree with, I cancel it. As soon as I wake up, I cancel it, I cancel it, I cancel it. So that won't. I, I, did, I did do that because I'm like, I'm not about to be on no medication. No. Right, right, right. Sometimes, sometimes I dream and forget. You. Sometimes I, I, I dream. as a warning. Yeah. Sometimes I dream and forget and I I I con I have convinced myself that the dreams that I, I I get up in the morning and I know I had a dream, but not for the life of me I could remember what the dream was. And uh-huh. um, from past experience, I realized that's why I get I got a, I get a lot of deja vu's. And from past experience, I realized that when I don't remember the dream, is because. My subconscious is kind of protecting me because subconsciously I'm not I'm not ready to um, to deal with with whatever I had dreamt. Uh-huh. But I remember hearing my, I remember hearing my mother say that before she died, my mother died when I was twelve. 
And oh, no, no. Yeah, and no. I remember she was telling my father that she dreamt she fell in a hole. Both of them fell in a hole. And he climbed out, and no matter how he tried to help her get out, she couldn't come out. And uh, like some months after she died. Mm. So I mm. guess that was the hole she was in. Wow, that was a premonition she had. Yeah. Of her own. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I always think about that sometimes, you know, where. Like some people say, like you know, it said you, you, no one knows the hour, but I don't think that's really the, the the truth. I think that very often, like, like I can imagine, people have some kind of premonition or something. Yeah, because I, if they didn't, why do why do they turn uh, turn away from people? And face the wall and all that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, it, it, that, that's a normal thing. Anytime anybody's really sick and they notice that the person facing the wall and then they're not eating and stuff again, they're ready to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My dad um, passed away in 2014 of prostate cancer. He He refused chemo. I don't People choose their poison. I don't want it on their own terms. Yeah. I would, I would rather choose on my own terms. I don't want to be fighting and going through all this humiliation treatment what they give you and, and mm-hmm. instead of just accepting, you know, to let go, you know, with some sense of dignity. Right, right. I mean, right. there's a such thing as fighting to live, but it's the means that people have, you know, have gone through trying to save their life and and I feel like ultimately, you know, the way they, they end turn, up in the hospital yeah. and all these type of ways and all these surgeries and things, and it's like, man, you just might as well have found peace with yourself and exactly. in your own environment. And, you know, it's like, I guess it has to be something that you just so extremely afraid of. You know? I mean, I see where it seems to me I don't think it's like I'm not anxious to want to run to the hospital because of anything. I'm, I'm almost like if it happens, it meant for me to go. <laughs> to <start laughs> I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know. And so I just I choose like not to be any horror where it's gonna um, have me to have to race to go, you know, in a situation. And and I just have with have witnessed so many things, you know, from my grandmother passing when she passed, you know, in the hospital and and they separated us and we didn't know what was going on inside the room. She had her hands up. She was in hospice, you know, but I, w- I was supposed to stay the night again, take the, the night shift watching her. And and next thing I know, when I came in from the bathroom, um, you know, they said she was gone. And so they were supposed uh-huh. to change her or whatever. But it made me, you know, suspicious not knowing, you know, what you know, what was her last moments like before she took yeah. her last breath? Right. You know, and so they, they denied us that, you know, having the door closed. So it made me feel like I, I wouldn't want to um, be in the hands of the hospital. You know, I mean, like some people end up, they get in an accident, they don't have no choice. They, somebody's going to, you know, they're going to be rushed to the hospital, they're incapacitated. 
But, you know, in my own right mind, I make a choice for myself. Like, I'll just sit home where I'm supposed to be and, and come to terms with myself how I need to, some way for fashion. And I've been in, like, all kinds of crises where I've been incapacitated at home. Mm-hmm. And I chose to stay at home and, and stabilize myself before I go to mm-hmm. the hospital. I took, yeah. like, a week later after, you know, having a concussion, <laughs> you know. And that's just because I didn't. I don't trust doctors so much like that because I feel like they can confuse you about your condition. You know, when they go running tests on you and, and make up some kind of names and things, and you know, it, it's like, you know, the way they read symptoms or whatever they make a name up that can be terrifying to you. And really, it's not something all that serious like how they're trying to make it out to be. But you can die believing that. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so so that's the danger that I see about it, and um, you know, it's just um, it's like it's something in my in my nature. I feel like I find what I need for myself to do, you know, to help myself recover, and like every day is a certain type of challenge, you know, some way from a fashion to get through, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it's a growing experience, you know, because it's just like how you, you you know, when you you don't know about different herbs and things, sometimes somehow what you need to know will come to you. You know, yes. somebody comes to you and tell you what you need to know. Or your body tells you. Yeah, yes, my body will lead me. Yes, you are absolutely mm-hmm. right. That's something I know I needed to do. If it's just mm-hmm. to get up and drink some baking soda and water to save my mm-hmm. life because, you know, something so bad in my stomach made me feel like I'm about to die. That's some mm-hmm. of the type of examples I'm talking about. Like, it made me want to think like I'm about to die. I need to go to the hospital. But when I drank <laughs> that baking soda and water, all mm-hmm. that stuff came up, and then I was all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I drink that every morning. I drink baking soda with apple cider vinegar and water every morning. You do? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like what? What are the measurements? Like, how do you? What's your formula? One third oh. teaspoon. One third of a teaspoon of baking baking soda. Um, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar and a six ounce glass of water. And what yeah. does that do? You mix the vinegar. It it alkalines your body. Right. The, sure. You mix the baking soda in the vinegar first. And when it stops, when it stops frothing, add the water and then drink it. That's what I was thinking when she when she put that uh, water and baking soda together. I thought, oh, she alkaline the water, and then she drank mm-hmm. it. So she mm-hmm. raised the alkalinity that went into your system and assimilated into the the, the cells. Mm-hmm. Because the only mm-hmm. the part of the body where it needs to be acidic is in the stomach and in the uh, and in the intestines because it has to break down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. to neutralize all of the activity and strategies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's good so, to do that on an empty stomach. I'm guessing. But I saw, um, I, I saw years ago when I was, I was researching cancer. And I remember seeing this video of a doctor who had prostate cancer. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And he, I think his son, or his son was the doctor. Anyway, one of them was a doctor, and the, his son um, told him about this um, protocol. 
and he started doing it and he said he did it a big thing for three weeks before his next appointment to go back to the doctor and he um he healed his own cancer with um a teaspoon of baking soda a teaspoon of blackstrap molasses in a glass of warm water because your body will absorb the warm water faster and because cancer loves sugar the baking okay. soda and cancer is basically um a fungus the baking soda the baking soda will kill the cancer but the cancer will not eat up the baking soda just so, so you'll add the baking soda to the molasses and since the molasses is slightly sweet the cancer will eat up the molasses and then in turn it will eat up the baking soda and then the baking soda will and he said he did that for three weeks he started off twice a day morning and evening and then he he started doing it three times a day for three weeks and after that prostate cancer was gone a lot of people they get when they hear cancer they get so scared they're so frightened that they mm-hmm. because i i realize that sometimes with me if i have a little pain or something i will be like you know i studying why i so studying why i getting that pain or whatever and because i no normally get headaches and stuff anymore mm-hmm. i used to get a lot before when i used to um relax my hair so if i get a head if i get a slight headache i mean why why my head hurting like that and everybody's warning you right and then i remember just a couple of weeks ago i i started feeling a pain at the back of my neck right up going up my head and somebody was like that's a pressure i was like i don't think it's my pressure and i started pressing the area pressing the area and just massaging it down massage and i started feeling like wind moving down the back of my head and with, with in no time by the next day or two days after i started feeling a pressure in my ear like i get an ache and i realized it was wind moving around in my head and i was like wind in your head yes they, they said yes you get wind in your head too gas in your head and i was like, okay and it went away Mm-hmm. I've had a sense, yeah. Started drinking some um orange the the orange peel tea for a couple of days and everything went away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a lot of this stuff is pathogens, microbial that's traveling around in our blood. <laughs> it's always due to a bug. And you said something key that cancer like sugar and actually that's the biggest addiction that many people have is sugar mm-hmm. yeah a lot of people have candida uh like you said these different fungus i mean just all kinds of things especially when there's an imbalance in intestinal flora and the gut because that's the yeah your immune system is your gut it is yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's why you have to keep things balanced in your colon people getting with these colon cancers and stuff and um there's a leaky gut syndrome where there's, you know, the bad bacteria 
overpopulates the good stuff and it leaks through your intestines into your bloodstream that travels all the way through your entire body. And you come up with high blood pressure, diabetes, hypertension, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I just think about Dr. Sabi because, um, you know, he um, made me aware of mucus and the formulation mm-hmm. of mucus. Yeah. Um, you know, and I always, and, and I also know that sometimes I think we have sensitivity to food and we don't recognize it. And so the the body is, if, especially if it's not natural, if you eat something and it's not natural for the processed food, then for me, I started, I would get mucus. I'm like, ah, I had an allergic reaction. I have a sensitivity to that. I can't eat that because it's causing me to form mucus. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I, always can't, I can't drink milk. Yeah, I don't drink milk at all. I, I, yeah, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I started, I started, years ago, I started using the almond milk. And then yeah, I stopped. My issue is carbs. I just got to stay away from all the carbs. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, we, we have to get back to being, we have to get back to thinking and being scientists again. That we understand mm-hmm. the chemistry and the combination of foods that we're putting into our body. Because my spirit is telling me, I mean, as a vegan, I buy some of the you know, substitute, meat substitute products. My mind is telling me to get away from that. Yeah, because that's My mind is starting telling me to get rid of it. I like, I, I very seldom eat out. When we do eat out, we go to specific vegan spots, like Soul Vegetarian here in Chicago. We'll mm. get our food there or other, or other vegan places that we know they have the, 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 the hygiene, sanitary practices that we have in our own home. You know, and they keep that up. So, but most of the time, I'm preparing food, and I enjoy being in the kitchen. I love it. And me and my guys, we have a competition, mm-hmm. huh? No, I'm just saying, food made by your own hands is the yeah. best energy. Yeah, because yeah. my kitchen is my laboratory of healing. I'm the doctor. I'm in the kitchen, and I'm putting together formulas that's going to heal. Anybody eat my food? I wanted to reverse whatever condition that you have. And tastes mm. good. <laughs> Doing it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, how about that's, the that's the energy I prefer to have to serve my food exactly. You know, yeah. the spirit that you, you you know, you utilize when you do what you do. Yeah, I have to have well, a good mindset. How about y'all move to North Carolina and start cooking for me and that way I don't have to do anything. Carolina. I love to come to Carolina. Are you near Charlotte? I'm in Raleigh. Oh, Raleigh. Is that the capital? Yes, ma'am. All right. All right. I'm three hours hours from Charlotte, so. Oh, you are? Okay, okay, okay. A sister friend of mine called me recently, and she lives in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. I'd love to go there. There's a lot of history there. Oh, yeah. A lot of history in the Carolinas. But yeah, I y'all. Watched... I'm oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, I thought you was about to say something. No, I'm, I was just saying no. The whole thing, like that's why I have an eating plan now because I'm trying, I'm trying to get rid of the sugar, and I'm also trying to stop craving the the junk food I used to eat. Like I've been craving, I've been wanting pizza, and I know I have no business eating pizza, but I want pizza. Make a vegan pizza. I don't know how to do that. You make a raw pizza? I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> <I didn't know laughs> to make a, a, a and we got to swap some recipes. 
kind of saw some recipes. Maybe I upload the Soul Vegetarian Cookbook or something digital, digitizer. I mean, there's so many good recipes and so many. Um, you should Google Dr. Arise Latham. Dr. A R I S. He's a he's a Panamanian from Panama. He's a gourmet okay. raw food chef, and he has a sunfire food, eating electrical food, and his stuff is raw, and he can show you how to make some. I mean, oh shoot, the way stuff is going, I'm I'm gonna be a breathitarian pretty soon. <laughs> 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 I'm juicing, I'm blending, I'm just enjoying all the stuff, man. <laughs> I need to buy a juicer. That's what I definitely oh, you love buy that. juicer. Juicer and yeah. a, or a blender. Because that way, you know, you still have the fiber. You can blend something like um you blend your like you make your salad, blend your salad. That's what my naturopath tells me. Oh really? Yeah, I definitely make a salad, I can make a salad, and, blend your salad and drink it. Oh, mm-hmm. so we make a, a a green drink, and it, and I love green. Well, you also, know, it's a, it's the same difference, I guess, because when you're chewing and you swallow, it's it's like a blended anyway when it's inside yeah. of you. So it's like the yeah, same difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. it goes immediately. You stimulate quicker into yourself because it's in liquid form. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and sometimes I just juice. Uh, cilantro to get the chlorophyll and just drink that. I like to juice ginger and stuff like that, which is really spicy. You really put the kick in I your juice. I also heard that. Um, I also heard that in order for you should juice broccoli because your body um will absorb more of the nutrients and broccoli versus you you know cooking it and eating it that way. You should juice your broccoli. That's what I heard. I will mm. try that. Oh, oh well, I mean, of course, put it with other stuff. You put it with other mm-hmm. stuff, but they said it, you, it, you get more benefit from broccoli when you juice it versus mm-hmm. eating it. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, but there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, just just simple stuff that we have at our disposal that is medicinal. You know, it's it's got to the point where the way you eat, you eat foods that facilitate the eliminative processes. So you 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 eat it knowing that it's gonna come right out because that's important. And you know, a lot of people are not eliminating as frequently as they should, and are walking yes, around ma'am. with toxins toxins built yes, up uh, in the bloodstream and in their body. And it's in the form of fat cells and stuff like that. So, yeah, we have to be in a constant state of cleansing. Yes, yes. Mhm. And that's and that's mm-hmm. why. And I've started eating berries. My my body is calling for me to eat berries. So I like the raspberries, the blueberries, and the blackberries, mm-hmm. um, and the strawberries. And strawberries are in season, so I'm gonna go to the farmers market and get those. They're in season now. Yeah. They taste mm-hmm. they 
they taste their best right now. Okay. I also got a text for some papaya. Ooh, I wish I could get that fresh. Yeah. And I also have a taste for some soursop. Mm. Um, I've never had that. Soursop. I want some of that. Uh, I'm working on trying to grow some soursop. I had bought one from Whole Foods and I paid. $13 $13 for one sour sop, and it wasn't big, but it was the only one left. And, it, you know, I looked at it, I said, this is the only one that you have? And so it's like he said, we really get those. And I just went on and took it like it was meant for to have it. And it was so delicious. I enjoyed it just so, mm-hmm. like, like it's something I had never had before, but I knew about it. And so I always, mm-hmm. I mean, I had the juice before, but I never had mm-hmm. a fresh green sock. And so I just enjoyed the experience of it. And I knew that the seeds were so valuable. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not like a, a green thumb with gardening, but I know how to buy some soil and put some seeds in there. And so I'm giving it a chance to see if, if some will sprout. And none have sprouted yet since I put any in there. But I recognize today that I have um, a sprout that has come up from a mango seed that I planted. So as long as I can grow some trees or something, I'm glad, you know, because Mm -hmm. I want to drink some fruit. Yep. And today, tonight, I had the most delicious mango that I've had in quite a long time. So I most definitely want to make sure to... um, to grow this seed here because okay. it was like heavenly, you know. I'm the person I grew up in Coconut Grove, um, Florida, and we had lots of mango trees, you know, in our neighborhood everywhere. So during mm. the summertime, you get to eat a lot of mangoes. But now, mm-hmm. over the years, it's so hard to find good mangoes. You go to the grocery store, they don't taste like anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm around the farmers market, so. It's like I don't really have the luxury to, like, find, like, the, the nice type of uh, fruits and vegetables unless you go to, to Whole Foods and, and one of those kind of places. Sometimes Publix, they may have the little honey mangoes. They're okay. But this mango I bought from, like, a Cuban store that's down the street from me, and it was, like, a it was sitting there like it was a special mango like the universe had for me. And, and I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe <laughs> that she did. She said, like, the universe had for me. If you walk somewhere you, and you see a block of gold sitting mm-hmm. somewhere, and it's, it's like, this is, like, too good to be true, you know, but I picked mm-hmm. it up, and I looked at it to see if it was a rock spot on it. Nothing was on it. It was just perfectly gold. And so, um... You know, just to be able to enjoy how it tasted. It didn't just look good. A lot of mangoes look good, but they don't taste like anything. And some mm-hmm. of them taste okay. Some of them taste pretty good, maybe. But I haven't had one that tasted as good as this one that I had tonight. And and I almost can't say it's orgasmic. It was so good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, wow. I, I need to move where y'all live at. Good gracious. <laughs> I made sure that, like, I I had such gratitude for it, you know, to say that, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to enjoy some fruit 
that's what I have when I, during the summertime for me. I want to have some fruit. So I want some mm-hmm. berries at a certain time. I crave some strawberries. I heard something bad about strawberries, so I don't know what's going on with that. But, right, um, right. I limit I mean, They have to be organic, but then I, I soak them bad, fellas. And then I, I run, I soak them in ozonated water. And I put mm. a cup of hydrogen, food-grade hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> I have some, too, but I haven't been doing mine that way. I just use some, some white vinegar. I spray the white vinegar on there and pour some uh-huh. baking soda on it and soak it in yes. some water and leave it set for and a few And that is the same thing, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. that. Yeah. I, do, I do the baking soda and the vinegar, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. I, like I use soda baking soda and good as a degreaser. I just thought about that. Baking soda is for almost any, all kinds of things. I also I use uh, baking soda to clean I silver. I use Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Baking soda from Florida. Okay. I'm sorry. The sister from Florida, I was going to ask you, do they have, are there any ethnic grocery stores? Because, like, here in Chicago, when I want sour stuff, I go to the African Caribbean grocery store, which is like in a lot of the Latinos or some of the white neighborhoods. You know, they have these ethnic grocery stores. We have a few. Yes, they, um, those Jamaican, probably, they have yeah, they they have that. And you said it right. In in the certain um um Caribbean communities, in the north um, uh, what you call it, North Day area of of mm-hmm. Miami, which is closer okay. to Broward County, they call that Miramar. So somewhere between um, Miami Gardens and Miramar, and anywhere north of there, it's a lot of uh, Caribbean community where you know the 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 higher end uh, areas are so you know that's like the best place where you're gonna have that kind of experience. But here on this side of town where I live, at, this is this is more what they call the the, the hood of Miami, you know. Okay. And so in this area, you're gonna have Winn Dixie, Walmart, the train, you know, uh, rides um, just a couple of blocks from here, and I mean it, it's the hood for real. However. Okay. If you go a little east of here, it's not far from the beach. So along the coast, that area is where tourists are. And so you, they're farmer's market on, on that side over there. So I have to be in that territory, certain specific areas to find that type of experience. But, like, immediately here where I am, no, you're not going to find – nobody cares about vegan stuff over here. You know, I'm just the, like the – odd person in this this uh, particular community. I'm sure there are some other people like me as well, but we're just like, you know, so far and few in between. So, you know, I have to go to Miami Gardens if I want to go to um, what do you call my favorite restaurant for vegan food is a, 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 a Rasta um, restaurant, Rasta Farm restaurant, and it's, you know, they have the, the best quality and other than that, I like to go to Lotta Hill. Lotta Hill has a lot of, um, you know, vegan or Jamaican type of uh, cuisine. And mm-hmm. so it's just when I want some ethnic food, I have, you know, when I'm in certain territories, that's where I want to stop to get that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Over here yeah. you're going to see churches and Popeye. <laughs> yeah. Very similar <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think we need to start eating for our gene type. So I I, mm-hmm. I look at what our people that live in the tropicals who live close to the, the, the equator, what they eat, 
That's why I go mm-hmm. and get because I'm like, oh, they eat it. And I see how the skin is shining and everything. I said, I want to look like that. So I go get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to go get food right. and try to stay mm-hmm. with some fruit that don't have seeds in it. I still mm-hmm. some kids I enjoy. Like, I love grapes, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to touch it. It ain't got no seeds. I did find right. a place that has the seeded grapes, so I'm able to eat those. And I started mm-hmm. getting those, what they call them, um, barrio bananas, barrio, those really mm-hmm. small, tiny bananas, the green ones, Chiquita. and then they got the red ones, the white ones. Oh, okay. Chiquitos. Yeah, huh? I like the little chiquita bananas Chiquitos. myself. Yeah, yeah, they have the little tiny baby, the baby, those are the mm-hmm. better ones. Because Dr. Sadie yeah, said that the, the long ones were hybrid. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Dr. Sebi recommended those. That's the only ones he, he recommended, I believe. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So I, I use them. Mm-hmm. They yeah, taste so. good. It's what it is. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm saw, a natural person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I saw a watermelon. Uh, somebody was eating a watermelon on, um, that was in, in, I think, in Ghana. And I was looking at the watermelon and I was looking at the bananas. They have seeds in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this must have yes. been a banana before they hybridized it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I used yeah, to when I was younger, I remember you, when you're eating bananas, you used to mm. taste the little tiny, tiny seed in them. You don't get that yeah. anymore. Right. Yeah, you don't see mm-hmm. that right. Right. And, and sometimes it make you feel like, make me feel kind of nauseated a little bit on my stomach. I probably might want to get some of the, the taste for potassium only. Mm-hmm. I don't really get into eating the whole banana, not the long bananas, you know? Mm-hmm. And and if I get the, the long bananas, I usually get the short end of those long bananas. I'm going to pick mm-hmm. up two on the end and those mm-hmm. ones that look good to eat. I don't want the big long bananas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but I love oatmeal cookies and and banana uh, muffin and banana cake things like that. And um, but I don't really get into eating too much bananas unless it's those little ones, the little teeny mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Take care of those, <laughs> you know, at certain times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then my other fetish is Whole Foods have a muffin. Um, it's carrot cake and it has um, pecans on top of it. And mm-hmm. I like the clean taste of the ingredients. So uh-huh. every time that I go to Whole Foods, I just look for those. I hadn't had any for for like some months. And so I think it was in December, I went to the one downtown and I hadn't eaten all day. And so I just like had it on my mind that I was going to get me some of those muffins. And by the time that I came outside of the store, I opened up immediately one to take out, and I took a bite out of it. And just like how I described my experience was with that mango, that's exactly how I felt about that muffin. And every time I, I was walking, you know, I was downtown and I was walking to towards the the uh, metro rail, and like like if someone had a camera on me. I tell you, it, it probably would have been something for them to see to observe how this woman just enjoyed that, that muffin so bad. I should have been a top selling <laughs> commercial for them. <laughs> that, you know, sugar, you know, sugar is more addictive than coke, right? 
if, you know if sugar you is more addictive than coke right sugar is 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 stronger mm. than coke yes it's more addictive than cocaine yeah, it's I, I know. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. more addictive than cocaine, and it does more damage than cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm I'm aware of that, and and you know, really and truly, like Wait, I say, what does more damage than cocaine? Sugar. Sugar. Sugar does more oh, damage yeah, than yeah, cocaine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It eats the it eats the hardest substance in your body. Bone. It eats bone. That your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I I'm not really a sweet tooth kind of person. I'm more lean towards the salt. That's why I like salt. I'm not, I'm not either. I know what you I know what you mean. I don't really get into I mean, I do have certain fetishes for um mm -hmm. for sweet things like like star strawberry shortcake. And um, peach cobbler, and, mm -hmm. and that mostly is what I say. But I, I'm going to give myself probably just so many times in the year that I'm going to treat myself to something like that's why I enjoy it the way that I do when I get a chance to. I cut myself off from that, you know, like I'm not going to want to go and do that all the time, you know. And so it's just when I get a chance to, I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> that's yeah, it. that's nothing yeah. wrong. With but that I never practice. My practice is to to eat fruit. I would I rather eat mm -hmm. you know um, raw nuts and and having some fruits and raisins and things like that, like really mm -hmm. fruit, you know. But then there's a flip side of me. I cater to my to that as well from time to time. You know, so I'm not a strict anything, but I don't buy mm -hmm. white sugar. I haven't bought white sugar for years, and mm -hmm. you know, it's like now I've I've gradually weaned myself off from needing to to you know I don't put um, sugar in my tea. Like I like to drink tea. I can drink um, straight tea with with no sugar, no yeah. honey, anything like that. Mm -hmm. I, I almost prefer that that way. But every mm -hmm. now and then, I may feel like drinking me some some green tea with some sugar in it because, you know, if I have natural sugar, so it's just it just depends, you know. Mm -hmm. But but I practice not needing it. I can drink bitter things, you know, more regularly than I drink sweet things. Mm -hmm. So I don't buy soft drinks, nothing like that. All I all I do really and truly is drink tea and water. Same here. We drink uh, herbal teas, water, mm -hmm. uh, and Perrier. I love Perrier. Mm -hmm. I love the... Uh, I was loving Perrier, too, until someone had told me something, and it what? made me... I completely stopped drinking it. Okay, what they tell you? They were saying that it, it caused um, your, like your bones to become brittle or something like that. And so I didn't know. So I had some kind of issue was going on. I told a friend girl of mine, and she told me that. She said, stop drinking that. Okay. So I, didn't, I didn't drink anymore since then. But I haven't had that issue anymore with, with my hands. I was feeling a certain pain that was going on through my fingers, my phalanges. And, you know, I don't, I didn't, I'm not saying it was because of that. But I just had stopped, period. So if somebody Goodbye. tell me something. But I love Perrier water. I yeah, I like that. If it's, I hope it's, it's naturally carbonated. 
because that's the only thing, you know, we like the different flavors, but, you know. I was buying that, too. I really was. <laughs> but most of the time, I drink water. Most of the time, I drink water, and I'll have my tea. Mm-hmm. You can take right. anything. I can take clothes. I can take cinnamon sticks and put them in water, and I love the, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the seasonings mm-hmm. and spices that I have in the cabinet. I make a tea out of it. Along with the other stuff, go in the go in the yard and pick some pick some dandelions and clean them and boil them. That's, yeah, awesome. That's awesome right there. Well, see, I'm not on that level yet. Yeah. Um, I'm not going in my yard to pick dandelions because I have cats outside, and you know, mm-hmm. you eat the greens gonna... from the dandelion. Hmm? Do you eat the greens from the dandelion? Are you talking to her? She must be talking. For to me, her. yeah. Um, I have eaten the greens from dandelion, but not the ones I pulled out of my yard. <laughs> and my my girlfriend, she comes over. She says, "I have a medicine cabinet because we got a ginkgo biloba tree, we got a black walnut tree, we've got uh, echinacea." Um, yeah, I've, I'm I'm learning all these little stuff that I have. I can hear your energy though. You you are certain you you sound like. You know what a, a a vegan um person is. You know you're you sound very light and keen. Not saying yeah, everybody I'm too heavy. Wait, you but, see me, girl. <laughs> but well, what I mean, your your light, your energy body. That's what I think. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And then down the line, it's good for cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think that we need to learn how to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and find food within a one block radius. Mm-hmm. And so I'm forcing myself to learn to identify these different plants and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my family, the women particularly have had that knowledge of herbs and stuff because mm-hmm. my father would tell me that his mother would give them a concoction every change of season and make them drink it and go flush them out. They never had colds or sick or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. even if they broke an arm or something, they knew how to mend themselves. And we've got to get back to that. We didn't have, uh, the more I read about the past, I learned that we didn't even have, we didn't have hospitals because everyone had the knowledge of healing. We were not a sickly people. Right. But now there's this so-called modernization and, um, you know, profit, people profiting over our sickness and they're deliberately mm-hmm. um, defiling the air, uh, water channels and, and then uh, a lot of us get too lazy because we want a quick fix. Say again, please. I said a lot of us got lazy because we want a quick fix. When we have a, a yeah, a yeah, 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 we yeah. want a quick fix. We've been yeah. de-evolved. That's what I call it because we don't know. We lost our way. We lost our sense of culture. Well, we, well we're being forced. We're being forced. To, we're being forced. <laughs> these folks are trying to create a, a man-made famine. You know, they're trying to deliberately right. starve people. They're destroying exactly. meat, manufacturing right. plants. Um, they're destroying the quality of soil. I mean, mm-hmm. there's stuff you turn around with, with water. A friend of mine just died uh, of colon cancer. And I'm like, what? And they moved from New Jersey. And every time it rains, they tell them, oh, don't drink the water. You got to boil the water. So I'm like, what? So you just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, you know, right. we're all so, going to so, get back to the point of growing our own food, even if we have to grow mm-hmm. it in little containers and keep it in our kitchen. Right. Start somewhere, something. 
And and yeah. I tell you, I've had a fiasco with trying to grow like certain things like beans and um okra. Like I have one out of the few seeds that I that I've um sprouted and I'm hoping it's going to continue to develop because mm-hmm. I need to see success somewhere, you know, with that kind of that level of um gardening. You know, I do have some trees but now I need to have some some you know vegetables growing, and I do I mm-hmm. put in some sweet potatoes you know in a a little um container or like what I can say it's probably like six gallon container, and mm. um, yeah just to start off to see if you know my sweet potatoes are going to develop to a bunch of potatoes. So I've been watching videos, but I've never done it before. So, you know, it, it looks pretty to see the leaves on the top growing as they are, you know, the vine stretching out. And I heard that also you could um, eat the leaves for the sweet potatoes. Yeah, sweet potato leaves. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen a recipe for a salad that calls for sweet potato leaves, and I know that in many of the Asian um, mongoloid in some of their dishes, they use sweet potato leaves. In their cuisine, mm. Mm. yeah, yeah. So, so I'm encouraged to have anything. I don't care what it is to have some potatoes, and to have sweet potatoes. That's my favorite right there. You know, mm-hmm. I think that I can live on sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Or, then or these people, they disseminate information. Say, oh, this is bad for you. This is bad for you. Oh, this is good for you. And the way they come out with all these different things, it's like, man, you're not going to be able to eat anything because they keep finding all this stuff. And that's because they're the ones that are doing stuff to this food. Like, you can't Mm -hmm. trust outsiders with food security because these people are clowning. They're tearing Mm -hmm. down trees, and they're planting male trees, so the male trees are not producing any fruit. So Mm -hmm. it was like, I remember uh, here in Chicago around the Museum of Science and Industry, I had to ride my bike around that path to go toward the lakefront. And I remember there was blackberry stains on the sidewalk because it was berries everywhere Mm. you could eat. And those trees are no longer there or they killed it. I don't know. But I'm like. They killed it. They they hate anything, everything that was bountiful and beautiful with our world. They hate it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like all the stuff was free. They got it like this. Mm hmm. I, I have a problem. I despise the thinking that they've imposed on us to think of scarcity when my my inner spirit is like, that's stupid. This planet has abundance. The planet has mm-hmm. to regenerate. I'm like, how the hell this planet supported life for a billion years, but all of a sudden we ain't got nothing now? You know, like right. what? No matter how much resources they use, they, they can't even use all this stuff. There's right. more than enough. Poverty shouldn't even exist. And I get angry when I think about that. Let me calm down. I get angry mm-hmm. sometimes when I think about the current systems that are in place to strip mm-hmm. people of their dignity, mm-hmm. to keep us exactly. in a state of poverty when it's all, this is all contrived and controlled. That's why I don't pay and attention to them. Oh, the inflation. This, but they're controlling it. Yes. So, so, so when you, when you go through symptoms of, of your anger and frustration and humiliation, and you and you talk to to one of them about it, and they say, "Well, you you know, we're gonna um, give, we can give you a prescription for for being bi- bipolar or 
whatever type of, you know, mental illness they, you know, conjure up to to, to label you with. <laughs> as opposed they to are like, the mental illness. They are the virus. Get rid of them. Yes, Every, they they are, everything exactly. will go back in the balance. They create the issue, and then they put labels on you when you respond to it a certain type of way. Like, you know, right. you put fire to me, I'm going to scream. <laughs> you know, I'm, right, I'm going to be right. Screaming. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sit down. It's it's just amazing how we survive um in cohabitating in same spaces with these psychopathic people. These people are crazy, violent, sociopaths, and we live next to them. We grew up in intimate mm-hmm. spaces with these people and we still survive. Mm-hmm. Now I know why we had the church. The church because that was our therapy. Mm-hmm. Our therapy, when we go to church and we congregate together and we, because what we do naturally is we generate forces. So when we mm-hmm. congregate together, it's going to be some heat. Yeah. And something's going to happen when we congregate together. But that was, a, that was our therapy. We didn't have to go mm-hmm. to Dr. Field because we went to that church and it was just the, the, just the ability to fellowship mm-hmm. with your fellow man that was therapeutic for us. You work right. hard during the week, you put up with the mess on the job, and then you go and release your cares into the world. When you go to that church, you release it all yeah. and begin again the next week. It was therapeutic mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And it's right. like it's, 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 not, it's not normal for us to be isolated. My dad said, preach to me all the time. No man is an island because I was like, I'm independent. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, I used to say that when I was a little girl coming up. My dad's like, no man is an island. You're going to need some help. That's what we're here for. We all have to help each other. Mm-hmm. And that's just that. And I look at my dad some time, and I'm like, he's more African than he gives himself to be, but, you know, gave himself credit for, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, we are naturally a communal people. We, it, it, it's, it's because, we, because as the sister said earlier, we're so, con- we're connected. And our natural way of life is Ubuntu. I am because together we are. If one person is sick, then we are all sick. You know, we all had each other to fall back on. We looked out for each other, and there was trust. That was the key thing. But we had virtues that somehow we we come we we strayed away from those virtues. But we can get back to we embrace those virtues and get back on the right track again. That's right. The fact that we're able to sit here on this phone and talk about these things is promising. Is letting you know that the spirit is still there. Exactly. Exactly. We can come together again. When people mm-hmm. say, I just say, are they speaking and putting it out? I don't. I, I speak against it. Anything that I don't like, I cancel it. I rebuke it because I'm not contributing my mental forces to that so that it can happen. No, I don't care what anybody's mm-hmm. planning. I don't care. What does that have to do with me? I'm powerful by myself. You're powerful by yourself. And we we converge our power together mentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does the scripture say? When they all come on one accord, when we all touch and agree, mm-hmm. things happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, right. that's exactly. the way we have to be. And that's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. And we are doing it. Having this that's conversation right. is sending it right out. We're sending it out so they can make change. That's right. In the right way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We are all responsible. Yes. I like being upright. I like goodness. I like righteousness. I appreciate it. I embrace it. 
Like it's all twisted in the head. <laughs> that being kind is weak. No, it's not. I was working with a gentleman just doing a, a project. There's this guy, he's an Irish fellow, but he grew up in New York, very aggressive, talks really fast, very smart with numbers. And he was telling me that I was not aggressive. That needs to be aggressive. And this looked at this crazy fool. Trying his tactics, he got shut down. I tried my tactics, and I was able to get the job done. But that's in their nature. They got to be aggressive. They think they have to. Everything is about war. Everything they tackle is based on war. Business is about war. The boardroom is the war room. They're discussing strategies to take over, mergers and acquisitions. I'm taking your company. Supposed to be free enterprise. I'm gonna I'm gonna minimize the competition because that's gonna take away from my profit, my revenue. It's war. And that same mentality, we adopted that. Dog eat dog. I gotta get one up on you. I gotta deceive and trick you so that I can be have the upper hand. I'm going to exploit the disadvantages that you have. That mentality must be shut out, shut down, eradicated. But yeah, we're not we gonna survive. Yeah. And we're not and I and I be damned, I mean shoot. I I'm 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 going for life. Preserve the to preserve life. Now death may come because we all gotta exit and I'll be okay because it's just going to another space time continuum. It's not the end. They wanna make you scared. Yeah. Y'all have time for that foolishness. We're much smarter than they are. We've just forgotten it. Mhm. Yeah, that's what happened in in everything. It seemed like like the mold was to to um to shake you up and keep you where you get locked. Well, I'm just speaking from my own journey. You know, mm-hmm. it, it seemed that. That I kind of um, like things faded away from me, you know. The ambition that I had when I was in my youth, you know, mm-hmm. I, my outlook for life was what it was. But what I had faced and what I had met put me to where I didn't know, like, well, how come I didn't manifest, you know, to have a better outcome than what I did, you know, time and time again. And when there's, it seemed that that the society that I witnessed was one where, like, nothing was a, was truly available for me, you know, in terms of, like, to be able to follow through in a more uh, dignified manner in, in the society where I have been, you know, mm-hmm. here in, in this region, you know, you have to be, um, speak fluent uh, Spanish in order to get certain jobs. and Really? And yes. When I came back from, from serving in the military, I got out and I applied for certain jobs, certain technical jobs that I know I was qualified for. 
but I was denied because I didn't speak fluent Spanish. But here in South Florida, you go in the places and people don't speak English. Like they have jobs to serve you, but they don't speak English. So you have to speak Spanish here. And so everything has been, people don't recognize what happened in Florida. Florida no, came. Because I didn't to, know to that. Be, yeah. Florida came to be a place where, like, we're second class citizens. Black people are second class citizens or third class, maybe, you know, and because who took over in the politics run here. So they made the rules where they could, you know, put dictate for themselves to be an advantage. And, mm. and that's how it's been. So the police, the the politicians, and so look at what they're, they're saying. Like, well, we don't need black history, so, you know, we won't be teaching that to our students anymore. And you people are insignificant. So in my communities here, most of the people here now don't look like me. They're, for, they're foreign people. And these people, like when you, you, you know, I, if I walk to the corner, I walk past these people, it's like we're not the same people at all. Like they don't even acknowledge you at all. Like you are nobody to them, and it, oh, and wow. it seems like they, they, they have this code amongst each other. Like don't don't talk to these people. You know there comes a point where something happened. Like like uh, one of the cats in the neighborhood had um, had um, gotten hold of of the little bird that they had outside. You know this this there's a house that's like two doors down from me, and. And so, you know, they're these, I don't know what people they are. I don't, they're not Cuban, they're something else. And so, but, but these people, like, they have, like, maybe five or six cars in front of one house, and they all live in there, in this one house together, and they make it work for them. Um, Mm -hmm. The Puerto Rican people next door to me, they make it work. They have a whole bunch of them living in one house. Across the street, the Cubans. The whole bunch of they have trailers and everything. They can do all of that over here in the hood, but but certain other places they can't have it like that. So so they're capitalizing to to be able to have one household, and all of these people have businesses and things like that. They're running and hustling for for each other, and you know I I learn I observe and I see that something about them they had some kind of plan in mind when they came here and they know it's essential for them to make it work with each other. Like, like it's, it, it must have been a pattern that they always had. They've been mastered. But our people, for some reason, as far as when, it, when um, gunfire is going on, it's none of these people getting killed. It's our people who, who are killing each other. Yeah. You know? So, so we've been our own worst enemy, and it, it looks kind of like like we've deleted ourselves for them, and and they filled in the, the 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 empty spaces. And so, you know, all throughout this community, everywhere I see all these people, and it's like I hardly see any of our children, except for in the certain little project neighborhoods or whatever that's, that's still there. But they've turned most of the projects into condominiums. So. Who's the one that are able to afford to move into those condominiums now? Right, they would be able to do that. You know, they're doing the same thing here. Um, uh, what's recently in the news is that 
Mayor Lightfoot has given a green light for uh, uh, these these immigrants from Mexico. I guess they moved them to Chicago, but moved them into a black community south shore. Hmm. And the people, the neighbors are really upset about it because, like, wait a minute, why are they moving there when there's a huge Hispanic community in South Chicago? There's a huge community on the north side, Humboldt, Humboldt Park. There's back of the yard. There's a huge Latino community. Why did they move them into the south side of Chicago? Because they're taking over. I mean, we're looking at this, and 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 because Chicago is a city that has a lot of black clubs, uh, trust and believe. Uh, we're working with the aldermen to put a stop to this. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, but you're not getting back in, cause uh, uh-uh. you gotta look out for us, cause mm-hmm. they have their little communities. That that they have mm-hmm. their own little social service, uh, social service agencies. Mm-hmm. They're mobilizing enough, cause we're like, uh, uh-uh. uh. No, 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 no. Hmm. It's ridiculous, but, you know, it's going to be the inevitable. We're going to have to start looking out for ourselves, and we're going to have to separate mm-hmm. exactly. for our own survival because mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't see long-term. I, quite frankly, I don't see black people continuing to be comfortable with being abused and mistreated. I, I don't see that happening long-term. Well, to see how we're participating in these, um, what do you call them? These um, places where of of um, of government places of uh, of employment, um, like just say people in the the um, law enforcement, those type of yeah. areas. Um, they they've been made pawns for what you know, we call quote unquote uh, white supremacy. And mm-hmm. and it's it seems that like they're honorable to that position. You know, and and it's like it's the most inappropriate type of um way to um you know, to have to be that person so low that you hate your own people. You know, you go against yeah. your own. And so I just don't know, like, what kind of hope we can have if, like, we're just so so lost with ourselves. We just, you know, we just pumped like that. I'm not lost. Everybody we're else is lost. I don't claim to be a part of that. <laughs> I don't claim. I don't claim that either. I know what you're saying. Home. I really know what you're saying. Though. Because because saying. I've gone through it, you know, with the whole episode within my own self dealing with my emotions about what I witnessed and how I feel about that. And mm-hmm. so I do I do within my own self, my own due diligence, you know, to mm-hmm. proclaim an end to this, you know. And so everybody mm-hmm. finds for themselves, you know, the way that they want to approach facing these things and, and, and helping to shift from what, you know, we've been going through because I can't see myself surrendering to that. I refuse for that. So, even right. while I would like to be able to travel and go certain places, if I don't have a means to be able to do that, I'm going to stand and fight where I am, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You know, it's essential that, you know, whatever it is, it has to be done no matter where you are, 
you know. Yes. And, um, well, the entire know, planet belonged to us. We were here first. So everywhere, everywhere we reside on this planet is home to us. That's home to you. Exactly. You know, the, the, the other side is North America. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's the way I look at it. This entire planet, we, it was our home first. And before we form the others, the others that came along, no, 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 no. So. Yeah. Well, it's so strange uh, about those others and how they came along and, and a lot of people saying so many different things. But I just feel like we have to take back our planet, <laughs> you know, no yeah, matter what. Yeah, we really have to, think. and we have to assist mm-hmm. the planet. But the planet's going to assist. The planet is already doing this thing. It's like we didn't have en- it didn't, it didn't had enough. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you're gonna see more natural disasters. Like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Don't respect yeah. the planet. You know, you have to re- re- have to respect the ecology of this planet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been feeding us. It's, it's been clothing us, and and you you got to respect it. it the, the planet of itself has uh, has a spirit, has an energetic presence. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, and, and I know someone said that I've heard a few people say that the oil is like the blood of of the earth, and mm-hmm. so that you know once it's been drained for you know all these this era of time, you know um, for our survival, or you know because our technology is is made where it's dependent on on it. And so, you know, what's supposed to happen once, you know, they've done so much, taken away so much, and, and it doesn't get a chance to, I mean, it's going to cause some kind of effect in our ecology, as you say, you know. It, it, it already has, and um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doubt about it. I think last time I was on here and I shared um, that a, what, uh, a Dogon elder told us that because of that, because they've been... Um, fragging, digging into um, the earth, drilling into the earth, trying to extract uh, minerals and oils and things like that, that it's attracted an asteroid on its way to a collision to collide with the planet and going to wipe off Europe. Actually, going to wipe off the entire northern hemisphere. And I'm like, now hold on here. (laughs) This got to be a way. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my How can yeah. we uh, avoid this major catastrophe because of these people? I just say, yeah. I just tell the universe, get rid of them. They are, yeah. well, so now it's, it's, they are, it's, already it's already happened. That's why they're trying to intervene with their technology to try to uh, mm-hmm. increase their longevity, but uh, that's it. It's, it's, it's yeah. over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I say I think that's why they're trying to move in in our communities and stuff. They want to get around us because maybe they feel like I don't know, you know, like they that they'll be protected. It's, it's something about our community <laughs> that they they have to be around us. They they yeah. they don't want to acknowledge us, but they're in my community. Mm-hmm. You know, they moved over here where we are, so, yeah. so they can look at us like we're nothing. You don't you know they they don't have to give us any kind of acknowledgement. That's what they think of themselves. And the way we've been portrayed through the media, so when you come over here, it's like it's already in their mind, you know, the way that America has treated us. Like, they don't have to acknowledge us, you know. They're under that program. That may so, be so. 
But you, your frequencies, the, the energies that you resonate have to be strong so that when they're in your presence, they know who you are. They sure do. Yes, they do. I had a boss yes, tell do. me one time, he, uh, <laughs> he's my CIO, and I worked in technology, and uh, I was an IT manager at the time, and he came to my office and said, so what's on your superior mind today? Out of the blue. <laughs> and I was like, huh? I was like, what made him say that to me? What's on your superior mind today? Mm-hmm. Truth just came out like that. Mm-hmm. See, they can pick up things about us too, and especially mm-hmm. if you're if you're a competent person, you could be so competent that you make them feel less of themselves. They're uncomfortable, and then their inferiority complex kick in. I had an employee evaluation from a previous boss who was a programmer. I was in the IT department, and he mentioned deep. In my evaluation, he said that I needed to lighten up. I was too professional that it caused other people to change their behavior around me, including him, to the point that his boss, the VP, said, who was the boss, you or her? Because I carried myself with confidence and I spoke with confidence and because I'm competent in doing my job. And it was imperative for me to be professional. I'm in the sea of white faces and I'm the only one. And I'm frequently in environments where I'm the only black person, the only female around these white males. And they have egos. Mm-hmm. And they like to sit around and tell their racial jokes. They like to sit around and tell their sexual jokes. I don't participate in that. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I do look at them beneath me. Yes. So whatever they were picking up from my energy, you're damn right. Mm-hmm. It came from me, not the other way around. <laughs> yes, because you know who you are. And so yes. that's the whole thing about it. That's why I I think I had a dream. I mean, the reason why I had a dream, I saw Donald Trump in my dream. And he landed Uh-oh. his helicopter. Yes. He, this was, be, I think it was before, was it, uh, let me see, when, how long ago I had, I had that dream? Was it before he uh, made the presidency? Oh, really? And before he was inaugur- inaugurated? Somewhere mm-hmm. early in, earlier in time, around that time. And in any case, you know, everyone, as far as black people are concerned, are so afraid of him and, you know, have this certain type of, you know, idea of him like, you know, he's some kind of terrorist. And I just like, I knew the energy that my community had when I saw his helicopter coming down. And so, like, all the men, like, they were hiding. You know, they were afraid. And so hmm. I came out and, and I greeted him, and and he just had left. It's like it was respect, and 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 that was all. Mhm. And so yeah. you know, I just I didn't. I, I'm not somebody who favored him or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just in the dream I knew who I was, and so I wasn't. Um, I didn't have any type of intimidation or anything. You know, even the same mm-hmm. as like. When I, when I see myself in a dream with a snake, every time I've seen myself in a dream with a snake, I was always 
I'm going to chop the snake's head off. Like, mm. I, like, he had, I was always grabbing a knife to cut his head off, and the, the snake was trying to run, get away from me, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, the only time I've had a, a dream of a snake, actually, I call it a serpent. And it was like I had an apparition, like I, I was awake when I had seen it. And it was a golden, it was a golden, I'm going to call it a serpent, but you say it's a, snake, it's a snake because, you know, it's just, that's it's, um, the way it moved. But it was mm-hmm. a golden snake, and it came down this curtain that, you know, I was sleeping next to, and I just, like, saw the snake was getting to getting ready to come across me, and I laid in bed and let it come across my stomach and I just held still as it traveled across me and I didn't move. And mm. I just, it's just like it was a real thing that had happened. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember that. I just say I dreamed that. But, you know, it was interesting that I had seen that. So that was a different type of experience for me, you know, for some reason that I identified with that snake. You know, mm-hmm. you know that Snakes also represent wisdom. Yes, you know, I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. I dreamed a snake, it was like a, a black snake that, that I was killing. Like it, mm-hmm. I know that was my enemy. But this was something like a spiritual type of, you know, uh, existence to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I know that when our ancestors... Um, they have like um have you ever heard of a, a totem? Have you ever heard of that? A totem. Every person has mm-hmm. a totem. Mm-hmm. And it is said the that animal it, totem. Say it again. The you animal totem. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The one thing I noticed is that the symbolism of animals is something there's there's something, there's an attribute or a trait about the animal that that imparted wisdom that our ancestors do so that when they codified that though that wisdom is similar and 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 with certain animals it's a trait now when i look at the snake what does the snake do the snake coils the snake mm-hmm. moves in waves mm-hmm. fine waves mm-hmm. energy they talk about the kundalini the serpent mm-hmm. going up the spine, the coil, the wave, energy. Mm-hmm. I used to be afraid of snakes until I actually held one. I was in a fashion show and I was modeling and someone put it. I had to go down the runway with this python. It was a yellow python wrapped around me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was not fearful of it. Mm-hmm. It's a cold body reptile. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it took the fear because I had to handle this animal. I, I no, I'm no longer fearful of snakes. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. And leopard, I'm fascinated by cats. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, I just said that that is interesting because, you know, while I had the apparition, like, would I allow someone, like, you know, because I've never really encountered a snake, like, like mm-hmm. personally. I'm not mm-hmm. recalling that. Again. I know I've been to the zoo and been around the snake. I probably have touched the snake before for some reason. I'm not really sure. I, I don't have mm-hmm. an exact reason of that. 
but I'm not really so much the kind of person I didn't grow up liking snakes. You know, I didn't grow up mm-hmm. liking cats either, but I'm the mm-hmm. cat. I wanted in my neighborhood because I feed the cats. And okay. so I, I just had just something happen, you know, that I, <clears throat> I observed to um, take care of them. And it seems that they expect that every day. <laughs> and so I didn't know that I would be the kind of person that I am. You know, just somehow I found my way to, you know, be somebody who, like, every day I have to make sure that I see them. But I don't live with them, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't live and sit with me. But but I love them. I love to see them. I love to observe them, you know. Like, they mm-hmm. need to be And, um, mm-hmm. but I would love that, that I, you know, I see people who have their cats and inside with them, you know. I kind of wish I could be like that, but <laughs> but not here. Not here. <laughs> now they shed hair and everything. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a bit much. So I try mm-hmm. to keep it something for myself. Right. <laughs> and, and, and really and truly, you know, I'm a I'm a nature type of person. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm just to some so many degrees. So as far as like somebody who's gonna be that fascinated to have snakes around me real close. I'm probably not interested in that, <laughs> you know, but I find them fast. I'm fascinated by all nature, you know, spiders. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've been bitten by a spider in my dream. So some also probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm see a spider. Okay. Yeah. Well, over here, we, we, we've got wild animal kingdom over here. A family of possums, raccoons. I even saw a coyote. Because uh, we got the, the squirrels are funny. I like watching the squirrels. Mm-hmm. They, uh, these animals are they're just so smart. We've got cardinals, a few different, um, a, a woodpecker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really, uh, and, and, and I'm in the suburbs, of course, so I get a chance to witness all this stuff. It's really interesting. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a I'm a country girl at heart because I every summer I was in in the rural part I was in the south um, they sent me away to be with my grandmother and I I've grown accustomed to that. Mm-hmm. That's good to have the best of both worlds. Yes, that's you know how I grew up too when we would go to Williston, Florida, or to. Gainesville, Florida, to our relatives there during the summertime. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they had a big, wide field area, you know, and they had all kinds of food growing in their yard and their yeah. livestock and everything. And they cooked the best cooking, the best food in the world. And man, it was those were just the healthiest uh, days of my life, you know, during yeah, the My time. best childhood memories of being in the South. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is someone else on here that everybody... Like fall off. I hear birds. I hear birds. Someone has a pet pet parakeet or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just asking. I think uh, yeah. Brother Lance is still on, but he's just on mute. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause at first I was kind of like muted as well. And then certain things had 
responding to say something. So I just like yeah, to I, I really enjoyed the. I've enjoyed the conversations with the ladies on here, the mm-hmm. couple of Jamaican sisters um, that were on the line earlier, and I also learned some things. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to try that. Um, I'm going to try to have to write it down. That the she said she put some water, apple cider vinegar, and baking soda. Yes, you say um, a third teaspoon of baking soda. I do the same thing when I wake up in the morning. The only thing is I don't I don't mix it in water or anything. I just dip the teaspoon in the baking soda and I put it on my tongue and I drink some water. Like I drink it when I wake up and and I help to al- it does help to alkalize. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I need something I need to drink at night too so I can burn the fat while I'm asleep. <laughs> For me. <laughs> so we could get some ginger get something I can drink before I go to bed at night. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the the apple cider vinegar that's like you know a probiotic for your stomach, so you know yeah. that's that's good. Also, I like that. Mm-hmm. I'll try that. That apple cider vinegar has so many benefits. I see. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that's really what I, you know. Why I, I I value. Normally, I'm watching YouTube videos that give the same type of energy that everyone um, on here shares. Mm-hmm. And only when I get a chance to to have some verbal input, you know, with someone. But typically, mm-hmm. I'm just listening. So, you know, this mm-hmm. is very interesting to me, you know, to be able to um, correspond as we, as we are. Yes. I enjoy it, too. I haven't been on here in a minute because I've been dealing with real-life issues. And uh, went online today and saw that there was a live going on that Lance, you know, had a live. And I thought, oh, and that's why he flashed up the conference line number. I thought, okay, I'm going to make sure I get on the conference line today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I missed the video today. I didn't see the video, but something just told me check and see anyway. Yeah, I think that he was talking about uh, today when I came on, he was talking about the LGBT. Okay. Uh, or something related to that mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, well, I didn't know that, that if they, if they add a, a, a new sexuality, it should be the AL, a, which is a, ALGBTQ um, um, uh, society or whatever you call them because I, I consider myself to be asexual, you know. Asexual is just being to myself. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what does the A stand for? <laughs> I, asexual is being to yourself, honey. <laughs> I, I, I do know of a sister who's asexual. Um, mm-hmm. She stays to herself. And we've had some interesting conversations. She's, um, she teaches science. And she also had a radio station um, program um, that she was doing over at University of Chicago. We've had some, we've had, we've had some interesting discussions. Wow. Yeah. So, um, hey, I, I understand in this day and time, uh, mm-hmm. to it is better to probably be yourself if you're not mm-hmm. involved in a healthy 
um, relationship, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a healthy relationship um, really and truly is a wholesome relationship with yourself first. You know? True, 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 true. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, that that is true. It starts with it starts with you, and you attract that person. That hey, it just enhances. Right, exactly. Your soulmate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That that's really the key is developing the relationship with ourselves. Sometimes mm-hmm. we lose sight of that because we're so busy taking care. of and addressing the needs of other people that we could get numero uno. Mm-hmm. And everybody, like, really, they, they see the model of what it means to, like, you know, okay, you're a child, and then, you know, you want to adopt the, the pattern to have a family, you know, typically. Some people know from the beginning that they don't want children. And, and mm-hmm. there's something in them that made them feel like they they wouldn't want to, you know, have to have that that responsibility or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. fine. But mm-hmm. I think that yeah. typically people they grow up expecting to have a partner in life. And it's mm-hmm. you know supposed to be a lifelong partnership. And and you you expect that it's based on, you know, certain principles where, you know, we can be respectable to one another. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when people they don't they don't understand the fundamentals of 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 actually um, serving to to even attract that type of situation, then you know they wind up going through a whole bunch of experiences of fiascos and really being lost with themselves. I think. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I was going to say, this is where culture comes in. Uh, we need to establish or implement a culture so that there could be healthy female-male relationship dynamics. Because I look at other cultures, and I have a newfound respect for arranged marriages and stuff like that, which typically mm-hmm. seems to work out more and become uh, and have success than those who have to go through a period of finding a mate and then breaking up with that mate to find another mate, you know, it's, it's just the, the values and the virtues have changed. Because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. other cultures where the young women, they're excited about getting married. I mean, as a matter of fact, because in certain societies, you can't really operate without having a man. You have to have a male person. Right. And um, it's very interesting how we are put into situations where something that should be natural is a challenge <laughs> to have and to cultivate, mm-hmm. you know. And and I get it. It's, we've had some sociological interferences, and we have to overcome those sociological interferences to restore balance amongst ourselves mm-hmm. and I understand why culture is so necessary because culture is like a immune system it immunizes you against certain dis- dysfunctions mm-hmm. but 
I think that as yeah. black Americans, we have to put ourselves on the back because even though we have experienced, um, we have experienced things that have torn our families apart, whether that was because of domestic violence and drugs and rape and Jim Crow and all this slavery. And I mean, where we've been through some heinous stuff. Sex farms where they had mothers mating with the sons and uh, uh, a man mating with all kinds of different women. And it just, Mm -hmm. this very unhealthy, I mean, it's total insanity that we've, that we dealt with and we've, we've come through that and still had, and still have a mind of having a family still after going through all that stuff. I stuff still remains. Yeah, unfortunately. I really yeah. do because those things still remain. But yet we we still rise and we we still we still have we still show a semblance of resilience. Right. <laughs> to be able to do that. And so where and also to the point where even if you didn't have that amongst your own blood family, the universe will put you put somebody else in place to be your sister, to be your brother, to be your father, to be your mother. So it still works out. It does. And sometimes your friends and your loved ones are more family to you than the ones who are blood related. It just so happens to me, and it seems unfortunate that people are in those kind of categories, you know, and and you know, I know someone who, you know, they had that experience with their their father, you know, it's like, I know these kind of things go on with people, but when you know someone personally who tell, you know, tell you that, you know, something happened with them and their father. And when I think about, you know, the relationship I had with my father, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful for, you know, the, the divine masculine that he represented, you know, because yeah. it's, it's like, it's so essential for for us to to have that. Like, mm-hmm. like if, you, if you did not, some people don't have their father at all. They don't have, you know, they don't know who that person was. So they mm-hmm. didn't have that kind of detriment, but to have a father and then they, you know, had something that was going on within them where, you know, they lost themselves like that, you know. Mm. That's, you know, how do people evolve, you know, having that, you know, that memory, you know. Certain things, Mm -hmm. all kinds of things happen with people, you know, in their life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, me personally, I know how certain things affect me. And And it wasn't a certain type of things where other people had, and I could imagine, I don't know who I would be, you know, if something like that had been the case for me. So I'm always mm-hmm. aware that things could have been worse, <laughs> yeah. you know. And yeah. So, yeah. And so with so many people going through things, you never know wh- where someone has come from, you know. Right. Uh, what a child is going through when they go to school, you don't know what's going on in their household, you know. Right. And why they, the way that they do. You know, and so I feel the pain 
of so many things, so many situations. Like, like a few years ago, I was having chest pain. You know, the, I'm not the type of person who was suspecting like I had some kind of heart problems or anything like that. But what I knew was I had some kind of attachment that was putting on me. And my mind told me that it was an ancestral pain. Mm. The pain had, had made me have to come to terms with it because for months I was feeling this kind of weight and I wasn't understanding it until I really came to terms with that pain. And when mm-hmm. I had done that, I really felt in a certain kind of way I had to bring myself to the place where I had to cry the way that I did. But when I was able to come to terms with to let that go, like wherever it was, it was something was building up in me. Mm-hmm. Like, since then, I, I had been freed from that, you know. And, and I just, I, I want to always remember where I was once upon a time dealing with that, you know. And, mm-hmm. and like, it took a tremendous type of work for me to come out of that state, you know. A lot of people, they'll go to the doctor and want the doctor to find, well, what's causing me to feel this pain right here? And they go and they go dig in and they go do And they're never going to find it. No. You know, because they can't tell you what you really need to know for yourself. Like, they fathers go deep within and understand what this pain is. Mm-hmm. And I see from my whole body perspective, I come to terms with my pain, what... This is why I say, you know, I, I speak about being asexual. It's not about sexual or anything, but mm-hmm. really, like, becoming a person that understands myself very deeply. Yeah. You know, people people are in, relationship, in relationships with other people, but they don't really understand themselves mm-hmm. like they really need to. Because you oftentimes we are, when you're committed to someone else, it's like you're you're putting a lot of energy into serving them, you know, mm-hmm. coming to terms with helping them to help themselves, you know, because it seems that, that oftentimes the energy that you need to be putting into your own self, you're serving someone else with and neglecting yourself. The sister who was on, we were having a discussion about this last night, you know, and so it's like oftentimes people have to stop and see this is what they're doing in order to, you know, make the proper assessment for themselves and start treating themselves the way that they need to treat themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so yeah. true. That's so important. And I think, now I ain't going to say I think, I know, but if every individual took the time to do the self-work, we'd be a whole mm-hmm. lot better off. <laughs> there would really be a change. Yeah. But it's important to know thyself. It's so important to do that. Mm-hmm. It's really critical. Right. And we when have, I can help to heal myself, I can contribute to someone else helping them to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, because if we're all hurt and injured, we can't do nothing to help serve one another. Right. <laughs> I mean, that right. we bury right. it. Right. Yes. But we also have to overcome our collective pain because we still hold on to stuff. Other yeah. people have dealt with pain and they've like, it, it, they dealt with, okay, it's a reality. We experienced this. Okay, it's still time to move on. But 
But for black mm-hmm. Americans in particular, we seem to keep to hold, we want to hold on to it. It's funny about that, though, when we say holding on, because is that a psychosis to hold on to pain? Like, what or makes is it that we're constantly being triggered? I think, yes. that we, I think that we're holding on to it because there are things that are happening in society that trigger those those memories. Yes, you're being hunted by the past, right. And I yeah. see that happening so, with myself. Yeah. I need to sit to myself. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's not my intention to hold on to it. I know it's important to let go. But I yeah. see certain things can come up and rise to take me back and relive it. Yeah. That's the part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as I, as I see myself looking and facing it, you know, seeing it for what it is, and I might have to wrestle with myself dealing with it, and I have to be patient with myself, you know, because while I would like to be able to just say I'm just going to shake it all off and I can take this certain ritual bath and whatever, all these type of things and so forth, write, you know, in my journal, and, and i come a long ways with myself. Mm-hmm. And then I can get down the line and something can show me, like, you know, you're right back to the drawing board. <laughs> it's like, how can that be? All this work I've done. Mhm, mhm. Well, keep on doing it because that's what it's about. Each of us having our own individual journey. Yeah. Because we each of us are stars. We are a star. Exactly. Substance of the universe. Yeah, we have to reclaim our self autonomy. Right become self-guided and self-directed again, which means that we need to lean on our own intuition about things because we have it. And that's one of the things that amazes me. And I've talked to different people and especially some of my brothers and sisters that are in the church, but they have these abilities, the foresight about things, but they won't give themselves credit. They give it to another entity. Mm. But it's really them. They don't understand that you're in a spirit, that you, you, in the de facto side of you, you are soul and spirit. And so that spirit is going to talk to you and let you know things are really in the background. I don't know who it is. I don't know. But she's speaking. I just really know that I hear a lot noise. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the background noise, whatever it is, is kind of drowning us out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Anyway, but so I forgot what I was saying because I got. <laughs> I we covered quite a bit of subject matter here. I'm sure there's more to come. Yeah, it sounds like TV. <laughs> it sounds like a TV, doesn't it? Uh-huh. No, that's somebody talking. Um. Yeah. Well, says Florida sister. 
I'm going to get ready to retire. Okay. And um, I've enjoyed this conversation. And it's always some food for thought. And I'm going to get my water, apple cider, bacon, so the cake. Pick up on that regime as well. And so, I mean, I, you know, his face is wet to that. But I don't regularly do it enough. But I do typically you know, take a little bacon soda in the morning time and drink a little water down with it. Sometimes I need to drink a little uh, apple cider vinegar and water in the morning too. Okay, I can start doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like what you say, we, we have to develop a culture, a cultural way of taking care of ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And it's been beautiful for me because, you know, I wasn't always with me, but we had those, the kind of people that that were doing the kind of things I feel like I'm supposed to know, you know, like they, to know the earth and to understand the earth and, and the element. You were talking about the people in the church where they basically can't give up, you know, to um, to give up, give their energy yeah. to the you know, and so that's what you were going with that. And, and that's what it is where we say where people are not understanding what it is to be God. Like, you know, the scriptures say ye are God, but yet is more or less wanting to be like sheep. You know, want to be shepherded. I'm sorry. I can't even hear you because the the background noise right, is kind of making you sound choppy. And I, I want to hear you, but I'm not able to do that. So I, I'm going to hear it. I guess it's time for me to get off. <laughs> exactly, and so it's just too much. It, it goes against the the grain too much. So mm-hmm. I because I, I want to hear you and listen to you, but it seems like the volume has gotten actually louder. Right, and I don't understand that because if I come online and I hear people talking, I put myself on mute. So then, right. yeah. okay. Well, this is out of respect for the line. But again, I enjoyed talking to you. I look forward to uh, conversing with you again. You have a um, okay. So you are on the are you on the Eastern Eastern Time Standard Time? Because I'm in Central. I'm Eastern. I'm in yes. Yeah, also, oh, you were in the future. I'm still in the past. Oh okay. <laughs> oh wait a minute. So it's got to be two o'clock. Going on two o'clock there. Um, right now, let's see what time it is. It's um, yep, it's going on two o'clock. Okay, it's going on one o'clock here, twelve fifty nine. Okay, I should be in a bit, but anyway, I enjoy. It's been great. Thank you. And I look forward to talking to you on the next time on the line. Have a good evening. Peace. Thank you. Peace. 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 Peace.